it's jealousy, it's deceitfulness, it's vindictiveness, it's all of that stuff, you know? But, I mean, God, what can you expect when you're on top, you know? It's like Napoleon, when he was the king, you know, people were just constantly trying to conquer him, you know, in the Roman Empire. So it's re history repeating itself all over again. To all the critics out there, you know, I know they're going to be reviewing this, and I know they're going to try to knock me. I just want them to know. Is it okay if I say this into camera, Amber? Okay. I only am who I am because I was born that way. I have a gift, and I am trying to not be selfish about it, but to use it. Okay? And if you want to knock me for that, it's your own problem. Okay? Jealousy will get you nowhere. I'm going to keep rocking on. For Dirk Diggler, the future is something to look forward to, not to fear. He is a creative man of many interests. Film, poetry, karate, music, and dance. He is a man of passion and mystery. He is a man of lust. It is four minutes and six seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of March in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO, and good morning to you. It is Thursday, March 26th, 2009. It is the Rick Emerson radio program, show, excursion, cavalcade. It is the Rick Emerson series of amusements. Thank you for uh, joining us today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970 is our telephone number today. If you'd like to interact with us about anything on any subject, it's 503-733-2970. If you would like to be part of today's program with your observations, amusements, kvetches, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, whatever it is you might have, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Through 970. You can also email if you like it. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Richie with a T at KUFO.com. Speaking of KUFO.com, uh, and I'm going to try to mention this kind of more throughout the show. We should note that the uh, show is podcast. I think not on a real-time basis, but I think those segments get put up pretty early after we do them. I mean, I think we do them and they're up. And I think certainly by the time 9 o'clock rolls around, I think the first half of the show is up. I don't really know because I'm in here sort of, we're sort of in the painting, so you can't see the painting, but in any event. So, uh, podcast, archives, all that stuff at KUFO.com. Round the clock, as they say, which is, I think, how our, uh, how our friends in Fargo, North Dakota are listening to us this morning. And howdy to you. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up in today's uh, program, we have Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. From Queensryche, Jeff Tate. Uh, we'll be uh, spending some time with us. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here. We'll have Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Christopher J. Paddock. Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, Taser Watch coming up today. Your shot at winning a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Before it comes out of stores, March 29th, which I think is just... Uh, what would the 29th be? Can you do me a favor and drop that bed just a hair? 
I'm not projecting with my usual full force. Okay, Deepa. I'm not sure I don't work well <laughs> without my iCal, right. which this Windows unit does not offer. What is i? Oh, What's is an iCal? Is that the i? Is that the calendar for the Mac? Yes, it is. Right. For some reason, I thought it would be like a calorie counter. Did you? No, but they probably. <laughs> did you see the thing that Paddock has on his iPhone? It's oh. his, the brand new application. It's just called. It's called the iPity, and every time you press oh, it, yeah, it makes yeah, yeah. a Mr. A different Mr. T soundbite. So every day, Dollar, are my eyes deceiving me? This is genius. He didn't have that one, by the way, so I got to find it and upload it so you can put it on that. All right. In any event, uh, Guitar Hero Metallica, we will be giving away uh, today. And Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification. The America's most wanted father and son crime team who beat that cross-country skier, leaving him for dead in the Washougal woods and then stealing his car, they're caught in Mexico. Thanks to entries in their MySpace page. Well done. It was a date for death, courtesy of Craigslist. A 16-year-old Satan-worshipping fellow sporting tattoos reading 666 is arrested for stabbing a New York City radio newsman to death following an evening of kinky sex for $60. It's the best story ever, Tim. It is. So we have all kinds of stuff on that. Everybody in New York's talking about it now. It's their version of the Octomom, the East Coast. Anyway, I shouldn't have said that. A pit bull with a history of biting nibbles on a lower kit and is quickly repelled. A local mom admits to breastfeeding while high on meth. A Salem onion plant closes, 120 jobs lost. Camus gets its first astronaut. Good twin, bad twin. One is sentenced for beating the homeless, the other off the hook. Today is Purple Day, and Jim Carrey will play Curly in a Three Stooges movie. I saw the other two are Benito Del Toro and... Who's the third guy? Benito Del Toro, Jim Carrey, and... Time us up. Wow. Sean was... Penn. Oh, and he's going to, you know, he does a great, <laughs> he will become Larry. Well, he uh, he does tend to transmogrify into the role. Mm-hmm. He vanishes into, he, I mean, at some point, just before I die, they've got to do the inevitable, though. They've just got to put uh, Jim Carrey, they've got to put Ed Norton and Sean Penn and Johnny Depp in a movie together, just of those, because I would say that those are sort of like the Dustin Hoffman and De Niro and Pacino of our generation. I mean, they're currently, in my opinion, just the three best actors working right now. So you got to get all those guys in some sort of a film together. But, well, the guy who doesn't belong there is Jim Carrey. Yeah. Do you get the idea that he just, he's just he been banking favors all these years and he finally decided just to call in the chit, as they say? He could become the next Robin Williams. Boy, you want to know who the next Robin Williams is? Uh, I was watching that found footage film festival DVD, which you really have to see. You, uh, you've got to borrow that. It is, it's, it's just quite something. It's all of this just crap that they've found in drawers and garage sales and flea market tables over the years. There's all these like exercise videos and public service videos, and there's this insane cartoon for the mid '80s that has Alvin and the Chipmunks talking about marijuana. It's and it's not like a knockoff. I mean, it's, it was some clearly some sort of public service thing that the cartoon folks had to do at some point to try to, I guess. Because there was all that criticism in the 80s, which I think has just gone away. All that criticism in the 80s that when kids would get up on Saturday morning and they would, you know, they would be watching uh, hours and hours of television without their parents supervising them, that it was just being used as a conduit to funnel all kinds of, like, chocolate-frosted sugar bomb cereal crap into their brain and to sell them, uh, you know, violent toys, all, uh, which, is, which is completely true, by the way. And, you know, those are the sorts of things. That's more American. That's what children ought to be embracing. That's just what youth is about. But so to try to counteract this image that cartoons were bad for kids and that Saturday morning programming was, you know, it was sort of detrimental to their development, they would occasionally make these cartoons that had a message or a moral, but it would be starring sort of mainstream cartoon characters. So you would have, you know, like instead of Bugs Bunny uh, 
you know, getting his, uh, you know, running through the uh, the woods with Daffy Duck and, um, you know, and, and Elmer Fudd or something, it would be Bugs Bunny telling you, like, how to tell somebody if somebody has touched you in an inappropriate fashion. And I'm not even making that up, by the way. I don't remember that. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, I'll bring it in so you can watch it. It's quite something. I think it's probably on YouTube as well. Um, you are obsessed with this movie. Well, because it's... It, 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 because it's just surreal. It is. It's called uh, Cartoon All Stars to the Rescue, and it was like this. It's got to be on DVD at this point. It was like a 55-minute direct to, I guess then VHS, but direct to home video movie, starring all of the big cartoon characters of the day, but they were all teaching kids valuable life lessons, often about the bathing suit area, sometimes about drugs, and there's a sequence where Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, the Chipmunks. Somehow, they're, I don't know, they're in some kid's room. They're under his bed, which is a little creepy to begin with. And by the way, they're there with the cartoon version of the character Alf from NBC. So there's Alf, voiced by Paul Fusco, by the way. There's Alf wearing a Hawaiian shirt underneath the bed with Alvin, Simon, and Theodore. And they're looking inside a box that has the kid's weed stash. And then, I mean, it just sounds insane, right? I mean, just mouthing this, it sounds retarded. And Theodore says... Who's the smart one in the chipmunks, Tim? Who's the one with the glasses? Theodore. Theodore. And so uh, Simon says, what's that? And Theodore says, I believe it's marijuana, an unlawful substance used to achieve an artificial high. And then they all, and then Alf makes some sort of wacky comment about something or other. And then they cut to the kid coming, you know, coming home and making the decision not to smoke weed. And it's just, it's insane. It's just so completely off the charts nutty. So I'll bring that in so you can... Uh, so you can watch that. That sounds wonderful. How did I get from Jim Carrey to talking about the chipmunks being underneath the kid's bed? Doesn't matter. It was interesting. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. We're also joined today by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How are you? Hi. Good. I was just transcribing my notes from uh, Lost last night. Look at this. You got like five pages. I have five pages of Well notes. done. Was it a gripping episode? It was the best episode I've ever seen. Right. And I think Paddock, like, Paddock and I actually um, talked to each other. At, uh, let's see, it's over at 10, so it was like 10.01, I just called him, and we just sat there in silence for a second, like, okay, we'll just talk about it, because we couldn't even talk about it, it was that ridiculous. So, you now, it, does he typically bring in notes, or does he just sort of freestyle it? Because I know you're much more, uh, I know you're much more linear, probably, in that way. Yeah, um, I don't usually, this is the first time I've actually taken notes, because I try to remember, and then, like, I'll go through blogs in the morning, but I figured, like, I'll, I'd rather just... You know, since I want to be able to cram it all into that four minutes, like, I want to know exactly what I'm talking Well, you had quite a day yesterday, because you got out of here... Uh, <coughs> pardon me. First of all, I'm, I have to actually pull back the pull back the curtain here for just a second. So maybe it's not that uh, maybe it's not that you guys are too loud, your microphones. Because I was asking Sarah if she could turn down Tim because it was deafening me. Maybe it's that I'm actually too low over here because I was adjusting everything for my own uh, microphone, and then it's like everybody else is sort of booming into my cilia. All right, there we That's go. That's what I was like. Upset. There we I think go. your headphones might be a little too. Yeah, no, it's, I was too low, and so I was having to turn everything up. Um, so you had quite a day because we you got off the air yesterday. Was it? Did you go right from here to your shrink's office? Was it like a straight shot from well, work right to the from, shrink? I went because my appointment wasn't until eleven, and so we got done with our meeting what at like nine forty-five. Yeah. So I had some time to kill, so I went right from here to Lloyd Center, where I um, went to Forever Twenty One and bought a bunch of stuff I didn't need, and then yeah, and then from Forever Twenty One to my shrink. Going to Lloyd Center before you go to your shrink is always a good idea, though, because it's like swinging two or three bats in the warm-up circle or whatever, you know, when you, in baseball, because everybody you see there has, it doesn't matter what your problem is or how mental you are and what sort of straits you might be in in your own personal existence. If you go to Lloyd Center, about 85% of the people you see will have outstripped you 
I mean, by such leaps and bounds in terms of just personal failings that you're going to feel better about yourself. I mean, it really is. It's like Portland's version of the Blade Runner. <laughs> exactly what it is, Tim. Well, you know, it's like if you're fat, you stand next to fatter people. If you're weird, you go to Lloyd Center because you're far and away going to be the best person there. I mean, relatively speaking. So from work to Lloyd Center to your shrink. And the, the, the purpose of your shrink visit yesterday was to tell her that I think it's time we go our separate ways. Dumping your shrink. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, no, not because she did anything bad. It's because I just don't really have anything to talk to her about anymore. It's because you're perfect, Sarah. Oh, yes, in every way. And, she um, fixed you. Whatever was awry has <laughs> been repaired. Exactly. There wasn't really anything else to talk about. So, yes, yeah, so I went and talked to her about it, and I like hadn't spoken to her since uh, we started this new job. So I was talking about my job. I'm like, what else can I talk about? What else can I talk about? So I didn't um, find like halfway through. Were you it. dragging it out? Were you just, did you not, did she not know at all this was coming? She had no idea? No, I think that she did. I mean, she could tell because we just, because we get along really well. Right. I mean, it's, but it's more of like talking to a friend than it is like talking to someone who's trying to help me. But you didn't give her like a, um, uh, sort of a preamble, like the, when you, when you set up the appointment, you're like, I need to come in and have a serious talk. No, with you no. About something about our future. But you know, after I did finish talking about, you know, work and my new job, I'm like, you know, I was like, and that brings me to the point. I'm like, I just don't know if I, if I, you know, really need to come in anymore. She's like, okay, well, yeah, I understand. I can see how that would be. Okay. And this was like halfway through the session. So it's. You know, 10 or 11.30 in the morning. And so I'm talking to her. And so, like, after I say that, like, there's still half an hour left and there's nothing to do. So she decides to bring out her new iPod and her Kindle. And we sat there for half an hour and she showed me all of her new, like, electronic equipment. Were you charged for that time? Of course she was. <laughs> That's. But I didn't know what else to do. So that I'm was my in. whole thing about, like, just dumping her over the phone because then you're not paying for the last session. No, because I respect her. And then I couldn't quite break it <laughs> off with her. <laughs> You're disrespectful. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you felt it would have been disrespectful to, to, dump, to break up with her to, over to the phone. Me, please press four. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so the last half of your final session with your shrink was well, just sitting there while so she showed you. One. Are you going again? Well, she said that we should meet one more time just to, you know, in like a month. Was Tom Cruise there? wants to show off her new TiVo. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, that's pretty amazing. The best part of this is, by the way, this, this really is quite something because I had no idea that this turned out this way. So you go to your shrink yesterday with every intention of telling her, look, I think we're at a point where I don't need to see you anymore and we're able to, I'm able to move on in my life and let's just go our separate ways. You tell her this halfway through. She spends the remaining half of the session showing you high-end consumer electronic goods, which she's somehow able to pay for. And then you end it by scheduling another appointment for when? When are you going to see her again? I, think I told her that, you know, I think she's like, okay, well, let's let's meet up in one more month and just make sure that everything's still going okay with you. So it's in a month, so I'm going in uh, at the end of April. I hate to keep asking this, but you're sure she's a real doctor and everything, <laughs> right? Like you've seen her certificate. Yes, I've Googled her. Uh-huh. All right. Well, whatever you say. So basically, I paid... For a session, for half of it, I'm sitting there with a song and dance, like talking about work that I love, and then the other half, I'm sitting there looking at all of her new electronic equipment. Maybe next oh, time she, she showed can, me how uh, she can purchase books right from her Kindle. Maybe, maybe next time she can show you the piece of electronic that tracks her bank account statements uh, as they go up every week. Maybe she's selling George Foreman grills on the side. <laughs> Seriously. What? I was really starting to think she did sell those Kindle things. Like, You'll okay. see her out like on QVC. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, so that was it. So yeah. So had my shrink. So. Yeah, we had the meeting, Lloyd Center, shrink, home to nap, then went to um, happy hour, as is my want, of course, at um, this place called Pembiche. I'm just back on the fact that she convinced you to come in for another session after you went there yesterday to dump her. 
This really is just like in that Metallica thing. It's like where, where uh, you know, they're getting ready to dump Phil, who's the performance coach or whatever, and some kind of monster. And they're like, Phil, we just feel like the band is at a point where we have, uh, we've come together and we've consolidated. We've uh, resolved our issues. We want to thank you for your help. And we're going to, you know, we're going we're gonna to move forward. And, and thanks so much. We, we, you know, you, you've helped us out, but we're ready to stand on our own two feet now. And he immediately does that. Well, let's not jump to any hasty conclusions. I feel like we probably, uh, we don't want to put ourselves back in the same old situations and risk the same jeopardies. I think we should do a follow-up session. That's what she is, because she's like, I'm going to miss talking to you every week. She's like, we should just do one more. I'm like, okay. Are you, in fact, your shrinks shrink and it's just sort of unofficial? Is that the deal here? Are you fulfilling some need that your shrink, does your shrink have her own shrink? Yes. Because there's, I think they're supposed to. She does, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Is her name Sarah? <laughs> no, but she told me once like, when we were talking, I'm just like, I feel so selfish because all I do is talk about myself. And, one time and also because I'm taking your money. <laughs> and, to the, yeah, and she said to me once, she's like, well, honey, what do you think I talked to my shrink about? Like, all right, cool. Huh? All right, well. Sorry, so I'm not go. talking to her That's... for a month. There's the resolution of that, I guess, for now. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, just uh, before we... Uh, are we talking to Steve Kastenbaum? Yeah, I'm waiting to hear back from CNN because uh, right. Dan's sick today. All right, so everything's kind of getting put together in that front. But Steve Kastenbaum is in uh, is in Fargo, North yes. Dakota. Jeff Tate from Queensryche will talk to us later on in the program. We have uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. Lost in 408 with Sarah Dillon. Uh, I'm sorry, the newly sane Sarah Dillon <laughs> and Chris Paddock. Geek Watch, Taser Watch. Uh, your chance at Guitar Hero Metallica, and for those who are wondering, because I got a few emails about this, I did finally get a chance to watch at, uh, half of that that direct-to-DVD Watchmen thing that came out, which is uh, Under the Hood and Tales of the Black Freighter. So I watched the Tales of the. This is what I right before I went to bed last night. Like, what That's shall, a mistake. With what shall I unwind? And let me watch this horrifyingly bloody pirate tale about a guy who sails on a raft made out of corpses. And I'm sorry. I put it on. Just sat there on the couch eating some macaroni and cheese and watching a guy lashing bodies together. Um, truthfully, not that great. Um, I think that the problem with uh, it is, I won't dwell on this because it's sort of a niche item at best. The problem with Tales of the Black Freighter, the the animated short that's on that Watchmen DVD, it is the same problem as, as Watchmen itself. What works on the page and is gripping on the page loses something in the translation to full motion film. It just doesn't... Um, and it's unintentionally hilarious at certain points, too, So, which is probably not what they're looking kind for. Kind of like so, Watchmen. Yeah. So I have to watch Under the Hood tonight, but so there you go. That's my little pocket review of that. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. It is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Or show. The Rick Emerson Show, Rick. It's all about the it's uniformity of branding, sir. Consistency. 503-733-2970. Thank you for joining us today. 503-733-2970. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Radio Experience Extravaganza. Let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show... Uh, now nah, I already said cavalcade. Now nah, nah, I don't have any... Cornucopia. Cornucopia of mirth. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum, who is in Fargo, North Dakota. Hello, sir. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Thanks for the uh, pleasant intro this morning. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasant intro from you. I just couldn't pull a different word out of my head at this early hour in in these low temperatures. Well, we always try to uh, we always try to put your day off on the right foot. We try to be the the uh, you know the, the 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 sugar in your breakfast cereal, sir. Thank you. Uh, so uh, this Fargo flood thing is, is I mean I guess it's big news, but my my 
I think the, I think the larger issue is that they had to get a helicopter and then they had to drop a bunch of dynamite into an ice dam and blow it all to hell to try to get the river to flow correctly so that it wouldn't flood out the entire place, which is exactly the sort of thing that high-speed film and CNN are made for because that was all they wanted to talk about yesterday on the news was the fact that they were going to be dynamiting. And it sounds like when they paint the picture, it's like they're going to be blowing up the Fortress of Solitude. Um, so I don't know to what extent, I mean, were you able to kind of see maybe not that actual process, but sort of you know, get a sense for what they're doing there? Well, I, could... wish, I wish I wish I did. Um, that's um, on the other side of the state in Bismarck, uh, and um, they're not doing that sort of thing here. They don't have the problem with uh, ice dams uh, on the Red River here near Fargo. But I saw some of the video of that. It's pretty pretty crazy. I mean, uh, but, but you know what? Uh, in, in talking to the folks uh, in North Dakota here, uh, and and getting accustomed to their sense of humor, I think they find it kind of funny. Well, I, and you know, as we were talking about the, this yesterday, there's always the old timer around that says something like, "I haven't seen anything like this since the Great Ice Flood of '06 or whatever." <laughs> but they do seem kind of nonplussed about it. It's one of those things that the rest of the country seems very ratcheted up about. But folks, they're just uh, you know, it's like they had the whole sandbag thing down to just a uh, you know, down to just a science. And you got the idea that they were just stacking it up so that they get back to the bar, you know. Yeah, you know, the funny thing is, uh, I'm not so sure it's the bar. I think it's actually hunting because I went to um, a local sporting goods store because I left uh, one or two things home that I needed with me here today. And and then as I went out on, t- uh, and after my trip to the local sporting goods store and I got out onto the uh, dike uh, volunteer lines where people were sandbagging, uh, I noticed how everybody's dressed in winter gear that's in that really high-tech woodsy camouflage you ever see that stuff? Uh, it looks like you've got a forest painted on your uh, clothing. Well, there's, they've got that, and then it's always that with the obligatory bright orange hat uh, that they have on, so right. your uh, drunken pal doesn't mistake you for a ten-point deer or something. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and, and then I realized, so everybody here uh, does does things in the outdoors no matter what the temperature is, so they don't let the cold winter weather get to them uh, and ruin their fun. They're a hardy people, Steve. They, they really are, and then I realized they also know best, probably better than most Americans, how to survive in the cold. Here's the other thing I noticed when I was in Fargo. Everywhere you went, uh, there was a picture of a guy from NASCAR on everything. Uh, <laughs> every vending machine, every cereal box, everything at every 7-Eleven. Everywhere I went, uh, there was a, you know, a picture of a guy with, you know, whose last name was like either like Petty or Earnhardt, and he was just slathered all over the entire landscape there. I, I haven't mean, noticed that yet, but um, maybe that's because I'm, I'm focused on, uh, on the flood and, and, and watching all the other stuff going on surrounding that. But, um, you know, they, 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 they are definitely a, a unique um, group of people. They, uh, they're, they're, you're right. Does they're, CNN they're, have you doing sort of uh, – do they have you doing the cavalcade of, of, uh, of Fargo personality stories, like the human interest stories? Not yet. I haven't done that yet because it's so intense here. Uh, every day they, it seems like the predictions uh, increase when, uh, how high this river is going to get. So they, they have to rush out and, and, and start raising the, the height of the dikes another foot or more. So it, it is pretty intense here. People re- recognize how serious it is. They think the river is going to crest at 41 feet on Saturday and, uh, and stay there for several days. So not only do they have to raise these dikes uh, for this record-level uh, flood, but uh, they have to make sure those dikes hold for, for days on end. I'm picturing this as being like some combination of Groundhog Day and Doc Hollywood with Michael J. Fox, where the CNN reporter from the big bad city finds, uh, you know, finds renewed vitality and <laughs> an understanding of his life with the people of Fargo when he's stuck there during an ice storm and can't leave or you know, you know, whatever. You would have a great second career writing treatments 
for uh, scripts uh, in Hollywood. Well, my my only gift is that of hackery, sir. So you know, it's uh, it's what I do. You're much better at it than I am. <laughs> Thank thanks so much. I I, I guess uh, Steve <laughs> Kastenbaum and Fargo. Thank you, sir. So long. Ah, there you go. Fantastic. Look at you, right on the ball. It's uh, I'm a can-do radio personality. All right, these are the, uh, these are the, uh, the things that I meant to give you earlier. All right. Okay. It's 503-733-2970. It is the Rick Emerson radio program. Good morning, sir, madam, as the case may be. Hello to you. Hello. Hello. I called in to try to win a game. Richie. Nintendo. Which, which Nintendo game were you angling to win, sir? That one for the Xbox 360. Which uh, which which game is that? That is the uh, Metallica game, I think it is. Excellent. What is your name? Paul Allison. All right. How long have you been up today? Oh, I've been up since five o'clock. Are you getting ready to go to work? Or are you just like is this is your game plan for today to try to win the game? Is this is this Paul Allison's uh, job today, winning Guitar Hero Metallica? Yes, it is. All right. Have you other plans for your morning or afternoon, Paul? Uh, I'm going to work. What kind of work do you do, Paul? I work at McDonald's. Excellent. Now, do you uh, do you currently own any of the other Guitar Hero games? Uh-uh. Now, here's have, let me ask you something, Paul. Have you ever experienced uh, the eco-friendly gaming wipe, which they uh, which they manufacture to allow you to uh, clean your handheld electronics? Uh-uh. What uh, what game system do you have? I have the. Nintendo 64. Now, do you ever find that maybe after using it for a while, it gets all scrunged up and you get the, it gets your hand grease all over it? Yes. Are you, would you say that, uh, how, I mean, would you say that you maybe, uh, that you create more or less grease on that than the average person? Because some of us, look, I'm a very oily man myself. I just, I use something and immediately it just starts, it squirts out of my hand like a bar of soap in the shower. <laughs> um, do you have that problem, Paul? No, I don't. You don't. Now, what do you currently use to remove the uh, the, the grease and goo from your handheld electronics? Um, soap, really, mostly. Really, just uh, you just give it a good scrubbing. Yeah. All right. If I were, uh, you know, I mean, I'm just in the, the you know the sort of theoretical sense, if you were to win this at some point, do you feel like those uh, eco-friendly gaming wipes would come in handy? Yes, I do. Do you feel like there's anything else that you know, like anything else you might be able to give, like your, your TV? Did, when your TV gets dusty, do you clean it with your? Uh, you just take your sleeve and wipe it off, or do you, you know, you do the whole screen? I do it with a uh, newspaper mostly. All right, really. Now, when you do it with newspaper, now it seems like that would just create a lot of static cling, Paul. Well, yeah, you know, that's mostly something good for the windows, also. That's true. What would you say is the other greasiest item in your home? Uh, the other greasy side, I mean, in a person's house is mostly when it's not getting tossed away, the uh, uh, wash rags. Wash rags, yes. Now, do you use disposable wash rags, Paul, or do you use paper towels, or do you, you know, or, or do you use them and then you put them in the, uh, you know, in the laundry? Use them, put them in the laundry. All right, then. How long do you take your wash rags between cleanings? Okay. <laughs> what? How long do you go between cleanings with your wash rags? Uh, a day or two. All right. Oh, those are pretty clean wash rags. Excellent. I can't remember the last time. I All right, Paul. I'm glad we spent this time together. I want you to uh, when you call us anytime, okay? Okay. All right. Thanks so much. There you go. He Sarah, sounded, he sounded nice. <laughs> I don't want you to underestimate the appeal of the eco-friendly gaming wipe. That man there, he's the target audience. They aren't really winning the game, Rick. They're winning the wipe. Uh, the, you know, the, the, the you know the game the is just secondary. <laughs> the game is just the steak knives. This is uh, this. These are the Cadillac Eldorado. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Radio. Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-733-2970 if you would like to join us today. 503-733-2970. I'm not going to read anything past the headline here because I think the rest is just understood. This is from the Associated Press. Singapore Cash for Organs Plan raises concern. Ladies and gentlemen, at the news desk, Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. And father and son, America's most wanted team, wanted for the brutal beating of a Washington skier, have been arrested in Mexico. The father and son beat 52-year allegedly. Well, we know they did. 52-year-old Robert Tracy, February 9th, stealing his trekking wallet, leaving him for dead. Luckily, somebody came upon him and brought him to the hospital. Uh, the dad is something like 30 years old. The son is 16. Well, the son Tevin kept updating his uh, MySpace page, and that led police to them in Ensenada. Tevin is washing blood off his hands. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the Oregon Senate approved a bill that allowed kids to operate lemonade stands, and they won't need a license anymore. Apparently, until now, you have needed a license if you're a kid to operate a lemonade stand in Oregon. Well, because I think this is... Here's the... Pardon me. (laughs) Oregonians 16 and younger are required to obtain business licenses. So I I think this is the, the reason why this happened, because every... We were talking yesterday about that guy who paid a bill and it was like pennies. I think the I think the extra twist is that they were uh, urine soaked lemonade. <laughs> no, let's stop for a second. We're not talking about urine soaked lemonade being sold by anybody. Yesterday we had this guy paying a traffic bill with pennies, but the sort of extra secret spice that he'd added was yes, his own urine. And I noted that about every six months you get a story about either the guy who decided to pay a bill in pennies or dimes or you know where he put each penny in an individual envelope and then they were inside a burlap sack carried by a donkey or something just to be. You know, it's a a story that just kind of gets recycled over and over again. And the other uh, story that gets recycled is the kid who can't run a lemonade stand because the health department comes down and wants the kid to go to, like, a food service class and obtain a license. And it's always used as this microcosm of red tape in America and why government is out of control, which is why I think they probably did this, because they must be tired of having that example used against them. Because the government always gets uh, beaten with that uh, the stick of the, uh, my kid can't even run a lemonade stand, you bastards. Uh, Salem Onion plant is closing. 120 jobs will be lost. This is a rain suite. These are permanent closings. Apparently, people are eating less onions in this economy. Here's something kind of interesting. A woman hand... Excuse me. Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. Seems to be a lot of dust in the studio today. Yes, I it does. It's making me really stiffly. I uh, came in the studio and I started coughing as soon as I walked in here this morning. So a woman handcuffs herself to her sleeping husband in an apparent attempt to resolve an argument happened over a divorce. Police end up breaking into their home and charging her with assault and other crimes. This happened after Helen's son handcuffed herself to her husband, Robert, as they slept in their house in uh, Fairfield, Connecticut. Now, that may sound familiar. This is where all the AIG guys live, so we don't know if he's AIG or not. Anyway, uh, she starts biting him on the arms and torso after she handcuffed herself to him, and then he calls 911. And your name, sir? My name is Robert Jabba. Are there any weapons in the house? Um, I don't know. Knives and such. I don't know what knives she and got such. before she handcuffed me. It could be nothing. Ow! Ow! What is she doing now, sir? Wow. She's digging her head out. She's bothering me. Wow. Are they almost here? I can't get to the door to open it. Okay, is it locked? The door's locked. 
Okay. So they're going to have to break in? Yeah. She's very calm. So she's betting her husband. this, sir? Do you know what started? Why did she do this? Because I divorced her. But they're sleeping together. And started leaving her. And... Ow! Oh, marriage. I think he's overselling that. dramatic i feel i uh i think he's just now playing up the pain. The... <laughs> did you just make that joke really yes why not okay um this time of the hour you're not expected to even well put any work into it the but biting in connecticut um okay do we know the relative sizes of the man and the woman here I mean, is he? I hate that. Is he like crippled in some way? Is he like? Does he? Does he not have another well, arm? I think he's well, shackled. He, whatever. Yeah. No, no, he, but he's, he's not. Shackled. He's shackled to her, though. Right. So he has one arm. He's got free. an arm free because he's on the phone. Right. And the other arm that is not free is being bitten. That's the thing. So it's like he could like hang up the, the phone, phone and beat her until she's well, unconscious. Well, I think the problem here is the dispatcher asking stupid questions. Yeah, and is it? Is it what? She already knows what the problem is. I think he said, like, right out of the gate, like, ow, 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 I'm being bitten. I Look, like, can we just be, be honest? There are times when punching somebody in the face is called for and is, in fact, necessary. This is one of those times, friend. So, I mean, look, maybe he's all spindly and she's a bodybuilder, but, I, I mean, it seems like all things being equal. I mean, look, you've got a phone in your hand. Use the phone. Beat her with the phone. That's what I'd do. I strongly recommend beating that woman in the face with a phone until she can't bite you anymore. That's uh, that's just common sense. That's self-defense, my friend. So th- the fact that he's just sitting there and from all sort of, you know, from all indications, he's just letting her bite him. I mean, you call the 911 and operator if later. Up, if you hung up, you can unlock the door so they don't have to beat down the door of your house. Well, that and that's the other thing, too, is like once he calls 911 uh, and she's on the way, I mean, I understand you can say, well, in the moment, it might be difficult to think clearly, which maybe is a fair point, but he's got a, he's got a free arm. He's called 911. And the dispatcher is wasting time. Like, Please give me your favorite recipe for apple pie. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like he could at least be... Like you hang up the phone, you could at least use the other arm to block, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or maybe have her. Maybe she alternates. Maybe well, she, she bites well, one she, arm then the other. She asked what can be done, and he said nothing because he's on the phone. That's his only free arm. Yeah, somebody didn't prioritize. He didn't think this through before he uh, before he decided. Well, to these call type of things help. don't happen in Fairfield, Connecticut, playground of the rich and famous. That's right, Tim. It's uh, you know, there are delicate people there. They're not like the hardy folks in Fargo. That sounds like just disturbing. It really is. I. It, it sounds like um. It does, doesn't it sound like something else? Doesn't it sound a little bit like a soundbite that we... And, ow! <laughs> what does that and, sound like? And the, the, like, the, like the loud screaming? No, the ow! Oh, yeah. That part... <laughs> and just, like, as we... As we as we kind of move on from this story here, by the way, this is a story we'll be revisiting every single hour on today's show. We have more grizzly things. Too. Once you've divorced somebody, 
You don't sleep there. You you find a hotel, especially if you're in Connecticut. Presumably, you can afford it. They're moneyed hotel. people. Go find a Motel Six. I mean, that forty-five dollars. <laughs> that, that's uh, that's looking like a pretty good value right now. I would think so. I well, believe it's time for a song. Live and learn, friend. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It is Thursday morning. Still to come today, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Jeff Tate from Queensryche. Later on, uh, Lost in 408 with Chris Paddock and Sarah X. Dillon. Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week will be here as well. At the news desk, it is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. There are plenty of tears as the Salem Onion plant closes. 120 jobs will be lost. This is the rain sweet plant. Apparently, people aren't eating as many onions in this economy as they once did. Here's the evil thing that you do, Tim Riley, is that you'll create a, a headline like that for a story that isn't funny or amusing in any way. No. And then it puts me in the horrible position of laughing. And because you say the amusing headline, then I laugh, and then the laugh continues a little bit and is underneath you then revealing that everyone has been sacked. And then it makes me look like a jackass, as though I am mocking the pain and suffering of others, which I typically... Well, which I typically do, but I wasn't doing in this case, for example. I so, didn't think I did that. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. By the way, I saw a picture of the uh, the bitey, uh, the biter in in Connecticut, the woman. The bitey lady? She's a, she's a small woman. She's not a, she's not a large woman at all. So, I mean, I don't know what his deal is. I mean, maybe he's in a wheelchair or something. But, it, it, I mean, it seems like a woman that you could probably stop from biting you. The headlines tell the whole story here. I'm looking at Google News. Everybody sort of finds the story fascinating and or hilarious. Uh, extra, I mean, it's extra, but they're calling it prisoner of love with an exclamation mark. How about this one? Um, uh, let's see. Some people says this is CBS news, by the way, mm-hmm. CBS news is lead sentence. Some people will go to fisticuffs to get their point across. Others will go to, well, handcuffs says CBS news. Uh, how about this one? Uh, let's see. Woman handcuffs self to husband to talk. Connecticut woman takes matters into her own hands. And her husband's to save their marriage. That's Fox who described it as her saving their marriage. We have um, handcuffs are not, this is from CNN, handcuffs are not the way to fix a damaged relationship, but actually that's exactly what Helen's son did. Uh, let's see. Um, so there you go. So there's a, the, everybody, it, here's another one. To try to keep their marriage together. How about this one? Woman handcuffs herself to husband to resolve dispute. Jesus. I just want to know what the husband looks like. I want to know if he's... Uh, it seems like if you're with a woman who's going to go crazy and handcuff you and bite you, don't you think there'd be warning signs? Well, it doesn't seem like that's a thing that she just goes nuts all at once. <laughs> what? Oh, God! <laughs> what is she doing that's making... She's biting my arm! <laughs> is there any way that you can put something so she can't bite you? No! You know, that phone would fit in her mouth real nicely. Try that. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the state house has approved an anti-bullying bill despite concerns about the measure's language being too broad. The bill passed 50 to 9 yesterday. The Republicans complained people should be allowed to bully. From New York, this horrible story. 
A self-described Satanist teen with a penchant for knives admitting stabbing a newsman to death during a kinky sex romp arranged by Craigslist. He's only 16 years old. His name is John Katitas. And uh, let's see, the New York police... It's amazing, even in New York, they can get to the bottom of a story and arrest people this quickly, right. which is pretty incredible. So uh, let's see, we have uh, some cop from New York here. He's uh, telling us that Katitas left his clothes behind. Well, that's one way to lead the cops to you, in the apartment after he killed the guy. All right, let's see here. Wasn't going to work. Try this again. Here we go. And it's not going to work again. Well, that's fantastic. Should I, uh, should I get, just sort of uh, ad-lib what the soundbite sounds like? Uh, let's see here. This is supposed is to this be... in Cardomatic, where are you attempting to... It was a statement to the effect that uh, uh, the individual, Cadis, uh had blood on his clothing and he changed to the victim's some uh, clean clothes that were owned by the victim. And top it all off, so he's taking a train home and a train conductor notices his hand bleeding. At 9.13 p.m. Friday, the conductor on the northbound G train reported a passenger bleeding profusely from his left hand. It was Cadis, who was subsequently met by EMS at the uh, Courthouse Square station in Queens. So this is what, so he, the, and this guy, was he was at W WABC? Originally at WABC, then he got laid off after they got rid of the morning show and put Imus on. Right. And then he went to ABC Radio where he was anchoring news. ABC Radio, home of Doug Limerick. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was there, and so he hooks up with some 16-year-old guy on Craigslist, Craigslist, who is a Satanist covered in 666 tattoos and the, so forth. His MySpace page littered with photos of himself with lethal blades. That seems. He like also a... has 666 tattooed on his arm. Uh, apparently, uh, according to this story, he told the cops it was Weber who drew the knife first during a sexual encounter in the Brooklyn apartment. Weber took out the blade to free his legs, which were duct-taped. But Cadis, high on cocaine and vodka, said he panicked, grabbed the knife, and stabbed him twice. Actually, he stabbed him 50 times. So that's more than twice. <laughs> There's... Let's switch twice as 50. Well, you say tomato, I say 50. God. Um, well, there you go. But they've already, but they busted the guy already. Well, because it, it's the same thing. Because not only he was high and drunk, but he's obviously just dense as well because he leaves his bloody clothes. I'm not trying to help criminals commit crimes and get away with it. And but the first thing the cops do is go to the victim's computer, trace where have you been, and he found it. And then, hey, also, hey, what's this blood all over you? So, you know, it just seems like a like a simple, I don't know, showering. Uh, you know, maybe a good bleaching would uh, would take care of probably 80 percent of these arrests. But thankfully, I guess criminals just never get any. Criminals. Did I ever tell you about that woman that I met years and years and years ago who had the whole knife thing? No. Nah. Mm. Uh, maybe a story you don't want to hear. Um, so this is uh, years and years when I lived in, I must have been. <laughs> but continue on. Well, I'll just say. I, it, it, well, no, but you're talking about the, the knife story, which is like, I was, I've told Aaron the story. And Aaron of Aaron Duran of GeekInTheCity.com, of course, like, that's hot. You know, which, of course, you immediately knew that Aaron would latch onto this. It was like the story that he was fascinated by. When I was, I must have been 19, maybe, or 20, because I had just moved to Salt Lake City, of all places. I, I was living in Utah, which is, and Utah is a weird place where it's like, you go to a place like Spokane, where like in Spokane, there's no real counterculture because there is no primary culture. There is no culture of any kind. It's just one, it's just like a, the one big sea of beige, just the whole place. But you go to Salt Lake City, where obviously it's very conservative and is sort of a de facto theocracy. So as a result, you get... um you get a lot of counterculture and reaction uh, to the church there. Anyway, so uh, but I was, I was doing the you know the radio show there, and uh, I don't know. At some point, I think it was before emails. I think some 
some listener had come by or somebody sent a sent a letter. How would I don't even remember how you how you uh, met hot listeners in those days. Anyone? I think there were personal ads in in like the weekly tabloids. Maybe I know I, I met hot listeners had the personal ads. Maybe she came to a remote or something because it was some some listener uh, and I you know back in my day I picked up chicks on the request line. <laughs> But see, that's I was gonna say that like maybe maybe she's gonna request a record, but I wasn't a DJ. I was doing the in, in, even in like '93, I was doing the talk thing. So, well, whatever. Anyway, so some some girl and she's like, well, do you want to go out and get some? Do you want to go out and get some coffee later? Get a drink and Eddie is candy. <laughs> you want to go play skee ball? Um, so as Eddie Izzard uh, has pointed out, when someone says, do you want to get coffee later? Like, that, you know what that means? Sex is on, right? So you, I'm like, oh, sure, I'd love to. So, really? In those days, coffee meant sex? Well, in Utah, in Utah especially. Okay. If you're in Salt Lake City and a girl says, hey, do you want to get some coffee? You're like, you're a slut. Uh, it's just like, it's totally, you know, <laughs> coffee equals whore, Sarah. That's just the way it goes. Um, it's a gateway drug. Sarah was just taking a big mouthful of coffee, as I said that. Um but anyway, so long story short, so we meet up at some 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 bar, some coffee, coffee. Thing, that night, and uh, and she's hot, she's all kind of gothy and whatever, and she's you know we're talking, so what kind of movies do you like? And um and she is just kind of has that um kind of that that smoldering vibe that uh, a lot of girls from the gothic lifestyle kind of have, where she's just sort of very intense and just sort of. And I was I couldn't quite figure out like what the play was uh, because she wasn't just like yeah it's like some you, you know the, the, a lot of girls I think are very you know very direct and very forward she wasn't like that she just sort of had this very intense presence but at one point I think I was just unsure of how the evening was gonna to kind of go forward like what was gonna happen or not and I said so uh, what do you want to do tonight or just some <laughs> some like stupid thing you know some idiot guy statement. And she said well I thought we could go back to my place and I was like ah oh, all right that'd be great and she's like. And then she goes down this whole litany of things. She goes, "Well, we could uh, put on some music, and I could, uh, I could light some candles." And I'm thinking, "Oh, that'd be fantastic!" And then I swear to God, this is the part that Aaron latched onto as being fantastic. I swear to God, she then says, "And then I was thinking that um, I have this really beautiful silver knife, and I was thinking that um, that I could just, uh, you know, give myself a series of small cuts and lick my blood." Oh my God! Oh. Ew. I swear to Christ, it's true. I swear to you on everything. I believe it because I know those people exist, but... I mean, and it Ooh. wasn't... But she didn't even say, like, and then I'll F you. Like, it wasn't that. It was like the blood was the whole thing. I might have considered it if she'd said, like, uh, you know, and uh, and then my friend Dolores, who's a stewardess, will come over. I mean, there was nothing. There was not, none of that. It was apparently... That was, that was to be the bulk of the evening. And I guess... And then we'd read from a, uh, you know, from a... 17th century copy of the Necronomicon, bound in human skin or something. It's all very, uh, I told Aaron, Aaron's just like, I never meet chicks like that. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. My eyes, the goggles do nothing. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101, KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up here in just a few, uh, we have somebody calling about Storm Large. We have a call. I'm looking at this other call. guy named Harley wants to talk about handcuffing chick, also guitar hero. That's fantastic. Oh, that's the listeners in a nutshell. <laughs> it really is. The, it's a microcosm of the whole thing. Uh, Tim Riley has more headlines coming up. We'll also have Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Later on, Jeff Tate from Queensryche. 
Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week, and we will do Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Christopher J. Paddock. This, however, is our good friend Dick Giuliano from CNN Radio on the Hill. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, great to be with you this morning, Rick. Hey, is, here's a silly question. Let me ask this. Let me ask this as a uh, hack broadcaster. <clears throat> so, uh, Dick Giuliano, is it, uh, is it safe to say that Barack Obama is the most wired president ever? Well, you know, I'll tell you, uh, President Obama is doing things to reach people that no president has done ever in the past. I mean, we, he's, just, he's just blazing new ground, and today he does it again uh, with an online town hall meeting streamed live on WhiteHouse.gov. Uh, people, online users, have been submitting questions. They can also vote on the most popular questions, and two hours from now, uh, the president will be up live in a streaming video on the website answering these questions. And, you know, uh, your question is pertinent, Rick, because this follows his appearances on YouTube, um, his appearance on the Jay Leno Tonight Show, the first president ever to do that. And what some people may not know is he also wrote a newspaper article this week that reached newspaper readers in 30 different countries. Well, there was this whole, uh, I remember when the transition was happening, there was this big article, which seems weird in retrospect, about whether or not he was even going to be allowed to keep his BlackBerry. And this whole thing about, I don't know, I just don't know that we have the security to allow him to have a BlackBerry at the White House, which seems odd seeing as how they can keep nuclear launch codes secret and stuff, but they weren't quite sure that he was going to be able to... The email, because I think George W. Bush, they said, got rid of his email account when he became president. He sent some farewell email, like, I will not be emailing during the next eight years or whatever. Yeah, well, apparently President Obama won that fight over the BlackBerry, and he does have a BlackBerry, which he uses to communicate with uh, close aides and friends. In his words, to sort of go outside, uh, get outside the bubble of the White House, where everything is controlled. And by the way, the president also paints today's town hall meeting as another effort to get outside the bubble. Frankly, I see it as something else. Uh, I see it as uh, a new level in the White House uh, reaching out to Americans to deliver the president's message unmolested by any way from uh, you know the scrutiny of the news media. Uh, I say that because the White House isn't even running this town hall meeting. It's run by a group called Organizing America. This is the leftover apparatus from the Obama presidential campaign, and it's being used as an additional power for the president who's already the most powerful person in America, and uh, it's a, a use of political apparatus that we've not seen before in the White House. Now can can Twitter be far behind? <laughs> really? All right. Dick Giuliano, thank you, my friend. Sure. All right, there you go. That is uh, Dick Giuliano on the Hill. I think uh, Dick Giuliano's got a crush on Barack Obama. There's, I mean, like the last three times we've got him, he just uh, gushes about it. I mean, it really does. I remember he, he does have a big grasp of technology, man. I get at least three emails from Obama and his people like every day. Is that like he's... Is Obama the... Uh, he, does. He, he talks to me, asks me things, you know. Is Obama like Gloria Allred just sort of shows up wherever you are? You know, I don't know. Barack Obama's emailing me again. I'm not going to respond. I'm going to respond to one out of every five. But there was that article that when, the, when Bush got into the White House, they told him, they're like, I'm sorry, George W. Bush, you're, you're not going to be able to email anymore. We can't keep it secure. And so they, I think the New York Times published what his farewell email was to all his friends. It was like, dear friends, I have become president. I will not be able to email with you any longer. It is... I appreciate the time we have corresponded. Goodbye. You know, and then, like, he just never emailed again, which is, I mean, the idea that you would just be able to sort of give that up, like, I can't imagine, I mean, could, let's go around the room right now. Could you give up email for six months? Mm. Uh, if there was, I mean, could, I mean, I guess you have to be given something in return, but I mean, you probably, 
I can't even imagine how I would function without that. I mean, no, planet, I don't think I could. It sounds like I'm stating the you'd lose track freaking obvious. So but, many people. I mean, I know we did it for you know years and years, but yeah, but it, 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 it's like the thing at the BlackBerry. Like having gotten the BlackBerry, I could never go. I could never get rid of it. I mean, I, I mean, I might get some other similar phone. Like there's the iPhone or there's the whatever, but I could never go back just to having like a regular straight cell phone. There's there's no way it would never work. Um, you speaking of which, are you going to do the BlackBerry thing? It's too expensive. You got to get a used. How one. much? You buy I know. Well, it's not. It's not even the BlackBerry oh, itself the because I've had the same, you know, like old-fashioned cell phone for years. So I have a new one that I'm owed. But like getting the internet because I'd want to have the BlackBerry for the internet. Oh, it's the data plan. Exactly. But having the internet on my phone would be an extra like ninety dollars a month. I don't oh, think no. you need the internet though. Probably you just need to be able to get email. I think it's two different things. Is I that think. too different? Yeah, it, it confuses me. And you know they do kind of screw you because they'll say, well, like our data plan is however much. And I'm just speaking about all sale companies here. They say, well, how much? You know, for unlimited data. And they don't really clarify what that means. That's a good question. Is mm-hmm. email data? I mean, I know that email's data in the broad sense, but in terms of like a cell phone company, because it's you're, it really is. That's the that's the give you the razor, sell you the blades of of the telephone world, where the phone. Because hey, you can get a used BlackBerry for like. That's what I'm saying. Like now, I can get a, a brand new BlackBerry for my, through the company that I use for like forty dollars. Don't get that BlackBerry Storm. Yeah, that's. Oh a, no, I won't. I don't want anything touch screeny. No, no, like no. I can't. I cannot do that. Well, the touch screen is. I mean, even if you like, and just this is just my advice to whoever. Like, if, even if you're into the touch screen thing, just wait for the next generation of that Storm thing. It's just a. It's no good. <laughs> Speaking of Storm. <laughs> uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello, Rick Emerson. What's Sir up, Dylan, Tim Riley? Hello there. Hello. I was perusing through uh, this morning's Oregonian, and uh, Storm Large graces the entire cover uh, front page of the uh, downtown monthly section. Is that true? Tim, do you have the? Well, I say, is that true? As though you're lying. Um, but uh, have you seen downtown monthly? Is that what is? Uh, here's a dumb question. What is downtown monthly? Is it like? Is it like the A and E? I think it might be. Uh, is it like? Is that a supplementary living section? I think it's a yeah. Supplementary oh, I didn't even recognize Storm Large. Right, hold on, here we go. your hair color. Oh, this is okay. Yeah, this is for her uh, for her one woman show, uh, Crazy Enough, which is coming up. All right. Hey, look at that. All right. Hey, and they've got that Rat Pack show, uh, by the way, coming to uh, coming to the the, the whatever the, uh, the Portland Center stage as well. Look at that. The huge pictures. Oh, she looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. This I think is the official press photo for uh, for her one woman show, and Frost Nixon is coming uh, the play as well. Oh, when so, is that coming? Uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, yeah. So that's a fantastic picture of Storm. Actually, well spotted, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, there you One go. Yes? All right, bastard. Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. So Storm Large, uh, her one-woman show, come, I think it's April. I, I think see, it was gonna, March 31st. I'm going to screw it up. Is it March 31st? Yes, because I remember I asked her last time she was there, so 30th or 31st. I'm such a bad friend. I, I should know. Oh, here you go. Uh, runs March 31st to June 7th on the Ellen Bay studio stage. Uh, so Storm will undoubtedly be joining us here in the studio at some point to uh, to promote that. One more and then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm fantabulous, sir. How can I help you? Uh, just kind of commenting on that chick handcuffing herself to her dude or whatever. You know, you were cracking me up with that earlier. She's got to be real good in the rack or something for him to just be like, I love you so much, I can't hit you, but you're biting my arm, you know? <laughs> uh, I was just wondering, also, I heard something about you were giving away the Metallica World Tour CD for Guitar Hero. Uh, it is Guitar Hero Metallica, including uh, eco-friendly gaming wipes, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so let me, would you, would you like to know more specifics about that? Uh, yeah, I'm a gamer. That's pretty much what I do after work. I have two jobs, so, you know, not much to do. If you guitar Hero hard. Metallica, sir, is the most intense guitar hero yet. You can take on the most blistering track list ever assembled and experience the bone-shaking pedal thunder. That seems wrong. Bone-shaking thunder of the new double-based... Ca- 
Really, I think whoever uh, put this together was just sort of hitting the macro for transpose. Experience the bone-shaking thunder of the new double bass drum kick pedal and expert plus level just like Lars. Pre-order your copy before March 29th at GuitarHero.com. And one lucky grand prize winner will win the limited edition Metallica Death Magnetic Game Case, etc., etc. So, yeah, we are giving away one copy of that every day this week, sir. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, what is your, are, you, uh, are you more of a Guitar Hero guy or a rock band guy? Um, more of a Guitar Hero guy. All right. Do you have the because uh, Guitar there's that Guitar Hero Aerosmith that came out, and yeah. I think that they're doing there's Guitar Hero Aerosmith, there's Guitar Hero Metallica, and I heard I read something that they were trying to do like a Guitar Hero. God, what the hell was it? It wasn't ACDC. It was Kiss or something that they're trying to do like another specialized game that's going to roll out. So excellent. So we're giving away a copy of that uh, every day this week. So my friends, you should be listening. All right. All well, right. thank you. Appreciate your time. Thank you, Harley. All right. Have a good one. You as well. All right. There you go. There are people right there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It should be noted for the record, by the way, that I'm terrible at Guitar Hero. I bring, I've never played it. I bring shame on whole family. I bring shame on, on whole everyone. I... I am that guy that is actually so bad at Guitar Hero that I just have refused. I, I no longer play. Because it's just because it's sad. And there is always this, and I am this guy, there's always the one guy in the group of people who is the lone, you know, he's like the lone incompetent at something. Because I'm surrounded by people that are flawless. That like freaking uh, Fatboy, Bobby from the Gordon Fatboy. I mean, he's like he's got the weird, like he's got the 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 like the Jedi, the Spidey sense uh, for that game. I remember we did the, the, like this the big we did a big geek getaway to the coast. Uh, I guess not yet, not last year, but a year and a half ago or something. Oh, like a bunch Thanksgiving's of Thanksgiving's ago. Yeah, like for Thanksgiving, a bunch of us all went out, like rented a, a house at the coast, and like Aaron and Jan and me and Lara and Jason Crump and, and Bobby and whatever, and we were all there, and they brought a uh, rock band and Guitar Hero. I mean, at a certain point, it just becomes so blindingly fast. That you just, it doesn't really seem, it doesn't really seem possible that anybody would actually do it. But of course, you walk on, you watch online, it, 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 like, you get those 11 year olds that are just doing that Dragon Force song, which is like a billion notes, you know, a measure or something. And it's just, and it really, it, it makes you realize that every generation has a variation on the kid that can solve the Rubik's Cube in 35 seconds. And this generation's Rubik's Cube solving kid is the Guitar Hero uh, prodigy. And so, uh, Bobby is a. Uh, Bobby's a, that, and I am not. So I, and plus, as and believe you're a, a rock fan, it's like it's just assumed that you'll be good at it, and I'm not. Even playing a, I remember trying to play a Weezer song. It was something that was, I would say, relatively simple. It was like Buddy Holly or something, and I was just choking. I was choking so badly, and I actually got angry about it. And so later that night, everybody else, I think, was either passed out or asleep. I actually came back into the living room. And I started obsessively playing the song, just vowing. I, like in my head, it was my own Rocky Four training montage. We're like, by morning, I will have mastered Guitar Hero, and they will wonder what became of the old Rick. Are you a sore loser? I'm a, I'm a very sore loser, and I take everything way too seriously. Me too. That's why I don't Not get... everything, but sometimes, if you catch me on an off day. Oh, if it's like anything that's competitive, I get all uh, cranked up about it. Like, that's why I don't go to trivia nights anymore, because I've been asked not to go. That's why I don't go to bowling anymore, because I was asked not to go. I don't help anybody with crossword puzzles anymore because then it infuriates me if I can't get it done. It's like you go into the kitchen here occasionally. There's somebody they're doing the not even the New York Times. It's the Oregonian crossword puzzle, which no offense isn't you know it's not like mental level thinking or anything. But it, there'll be like three that I can't finish, and then I just have to go. Damn it! Wad it up and angrily throw it into the garbage. That being said, 
Uh, there's fantastic new concept art for a possible Left for Dead movie. I'll put it on my website just a second. Here's Tim Riley at the news In the news with Tim Riley. America's most wanted father and son crime team who beat that cross-country skier, left him for dead in the Washougal Woods, stole his car, caught in Mexico. It seemed the son was posting things on his MySpace page leading to their discovery. It was a date for death courtesy of Craigslist. A 16-year-old Satan worshiper sporting tattoos reading 666 arrested for stabbing a New York City radio newsman to death following an evening of kinky sex with duct tape, porno, and knives. All for $60. A local mom admits to breastfeeding while high on meth. Camus gets its first astronaut. Today is Purple Day. Jim Carrey will play Curly in the Three Stooges movie. A woman handcapped herself to her sleeping husband in an apparent attempt to resolve an argument, (laughs) but police ended up breaking into their home, charging her with assault. Apparently, she shackled herself to him. And this happened in Fairfield, Connecticut, by the way, the home of those high-powered AIG employees. All right. Now, is the deal that they were already divorced, or were they... They were reconciling, apparently. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Not very well. How do you suppose that resolved? And they decided that they might sleep together, and that might help things along. So he had decided... I don't. Uh, uh, maybe the chain of events here has not yet been entirely explicated. Mm-hmm. So they were not divorcing; they had reconciled, and I, then I guess she they were just, in the process of doing so. But then she just went crazy, or was he, or was this like the he look, handcuffed yourself to him as he slept, so he fell asleep first. So I wonder if maybe, but but I wonder if this is a thing where like perhaps they were, after getting what he wanted. And uh, what might that be, Tim? Do you I, mean a hot meal? Yes. Uh, yeah. Perhaps some um, back massage. <laughs> The um, cookies and milk before retiring. That sounded oddly creepy. Uh, <laughs> so I wonder if there's a thing where they were divorcing, but he did that foolish maneuver of I, you know, but it's too late. One last mer- like mm-hmm. hump, or, or or even just like like I, you know, we've been up uh, fighting all night. I don't have the energy to find a hotel. I'm sleeping with tomorrow. I'm out. Uh, you know, and then that's never like you can't ever reveal that. Like if you right. if you're gonna be uh, moving out, leaving, dumping, whatever. Like you leave a note, like I'm gone. Goodbye. Enjoy your life. I, uh, you know, I. You, what you don't do is announce it. Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails said this great thing some years ago. He said that true love meant uh, realizing that you could be stabbed to death in your sleep any night, which I suppose is is sort of the case. But for that reason, you probably don't want to tip your hand too early, especially if she's crazy, which she clearly is. Because the fact that they just had the handcuffs laying around mm-hmm. and that she went immediately to biting. I'm guessing they were probably. It many... wasn't immediately. It was after he called 911. Well, so that's so. But so he had called 911 so... because right. he was handcuffed. Right, and here it is in real time, and then she starts fighting. Um, seems to be the. Uh... What? Okay, let's open this some other way here. Yeah, there's a. Uh, okay, let's open up the media player, and so this happened in Connecticut, in uh, Fairfield, and this is going back to something I don't want here. Uh, let's see. What are you uh, attempting? Did, are you trying to not open it in QuickTime? I'm trying to open it in the Windows Media Player. Ah, uh, yes. You just uh, feel like I'm in tech support. What are you trying to do, sir? Well, now it's automatically opening into something I don't. Want. I can I can help you with this. What is your What are you attempting to do? Let's try it again. Honestly, I can try putting me up. Yeah, it's not working. I'm listening to it. Great, it's not working at all. <laughs> did you Did you right click? I did. Oh God! All right. Well, it sounds then. like they're underwater. Oh, here we go. Let's try, let's try it this way in real time. Matt. My name is Robert Jabba. 
Are there any weapons in the house? Um, I don't know. Knives and such. I don't know what she and got such. before she handcuffed me. There could be nothing. Ow! Ow! What is she doing now, sir? She's sticking her head out. She's bothering me. So, so he wakes up because... Like, what's that clicking noise? And then it's the fact that she's handcuffed. So I'm thinking that he was getting ready to leave the next day. I, th- my theory here is that they were getting a divorce. He sort of announced to her, like, look, uh, tomorrow I'm going to get my own place. I'll send for my things. Enjoy the rest of your existence without me. And Enjoy so, the evening. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> pleased. I'm going to be sleeping here defenseless. I trust that you won't do anything untoward. See, and I think that they uh, humped it out one last time, and after, and he passed out, and she got the handcuffs and clicked herself to him. Mm-hmm. And so, because she was just like, oh, now I'm, you know, we're connected again. Then he was probably like, bitch, I'm leaving in the morning. So is that the, is that the thing where like she just didn't want him to to leave? She wanted that we're going to talk, and he's like, I don't want to talk, baby. And she's like, I'm going to make you talk. And, I'm too tired. <laughs> and well. Speak about it in the morning. And so then the handcuffing would guarantee that he would be there to have the long, drawn-out argument slash conversation or whatever. <laughs> so so then the 911 operator just makes this last a lot longer than it really has to. I'm using every hand to keep her away from me. I'm using my other hand to cry into the phone. So they ended up having to break in. You know what he sounds like? He sounds like the don't tase me bro guy. Does, That's he? what he sounds like. That's exactly what it is. Do we I don't have a I, I don't we have the taser watch, but yeah. it doesn't have the ow. It's it's not uh, well, uh, dry. No what good is that? And I don't think... You should play the taser watch. Does it have the, the ow, ow part at the end? Yeah. Or is it just the uh, is it just the initial scream? I think it's the ah. All right, here's your, here's your taser watch theme. We'll see if it... It's that last one right there. That's exactly what he sounds like. He totally sounds like that guy. They've been on the waiter since you first gave me the address. You know what? He sounds like uh, this call, this 911 call, sounds like a combination between the don't tase me bro guy and... That 911 call where the cop calls because he and his wife have taken like 15 pounds of pot brownies. Dude, they sound exactly the same. Wait, Tim, play your guy again. Okay. Go back here. This is the Connecticut guy. Guy. 
They sound exactly the same. Okay, yeah. Let's see if I can... Fantastic. Well done, Tim. Well done, Tim. Well done, Sarah. Well done, everyone. I'm glad we're all back together again. Me too. I missed this. Good night, Moon. <laughs> it is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Let's welcome now to the program our good friend Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Hello, sir. Hey, Rick. Good stuff. Um... Hey, uh, a bit of a morning for everybody, I think. How are you? <laughs> hey, um, there's a, a movie out this weekend in theaters in very limited release called assassination of a high school president and it stars misha barton who many people know as marissa from the oc and uh, i can say that misha, uh, misha gets an a for bearing her b cups uh, uh an hour and 20 minutes in and uh you know it's funny about her for many years i was asked when i do interviews or get emailed at, at our website you know is misha barton ever been naked when's misha barton going to be naked now uh, last year, she was voted uh, my Anatomy Award for Best Breast for Closing the Ring in her new debut, and now she's uh, naked in a movie opening and limited release in theaters this weekend, Assassination of a High School President. So she's uh, come on strong in the last uh, couple of years. So Misha Barton naked this weekend uh, in the theaters. Um, on DVD at the new release section of your favorite video store is a movie called Quantum of Solace. It's the... Uh, uh, James Bond, the second Bond movie with Daniel Craig at the helm. And uh, there's two gorgeous uh, uh, female leads in this, and neither are naked in Quantum of Solace, but both have done nudity. Uh, Olga Korlienko plays Camille, and uh, she did a movie in 2007 called Hitman, and uh, it, it's outstanding uh, skin from her. And then the other girl who plays Strawberry Fields is uh, Gemma Arterton, uh, a UK babe, and uh, she's like she her with the very like uh, the like the very pale uh, yeah. skin and the red hair. Yeah, yeah she's gorgeous, and uh, she did a movie called Three and Out in 2008, uh, where you can see her naked. So uh, anyone renting Quantum of Solace, I'm sure it'll be a big uh, renter this week. Uh, uh, you should know both uh, girls have been naked, and uh, finally, I wanted to mention Rick. I know you've been anxiously awaiting the Blu-ray release of Brokeback Mountain. It's uh, uh, came out this. Everyone week. has, sir. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because obviously a lot of guys, you know, it's a big joke and a lot of guys make fun of the movie. But what I think people miss is the fact that Anne Hathaway and Michelle Williams both bared boobs in, in the movie. And you actually get some great female nudity in a movie that I think a lot of guys stayed away from. And it's out on Blu-ray this week so you can see all that nudity in high definition. As always, doing the Lord's work, my friend. Thank you so much. Take care, Rick. There you go. Bye. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. That's wonderful. All right. That is uh that's about the best thing I've ever heard by the way though. That the do- You know what it is? It's like it's like the "Don't Tase Me, Bro" guy has become an on-star commercial. <laughs> you know? Welcome, not sure what your mercy. They're tasing me. Uh, 
That's quite something. We've got to find make a mashup of that at some point. Coming up in the next hour, ladies and gentlemen, Jeff Tate from Queensryche will join us. We'll have Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Chris Paddock, Kelly Clark from the Willamette Week. More headlines with uh, news director Tim Riley. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This uh, email says, about Sarah's shrink. <laughs> Rick, I just got a new grill and a snazzy pair of shoes. Sarah's free to come over and view my new purchases for 50-minute blocks of time. Please remind her I take cash or check only. <laughs> Thanks, Dan in Portland. Honestly, there was a point yesterday where I was just like, is this really happening? And I was taking mental notes for you. I'm just like, she's sitting here and showing me all these things that I can't afford, that she's buying with the money that I'm paying her to not help me with my problems. So you had, let me just say, so you've been seeing your shrink for, for how long? Like, like a about, year, year and a half? No, probably about... Five months? Okay, so five months, months, what, a couple times a month or once a yeah, week? Or? Yeah, like a couple times a month. All right. So, cause I, can For I like an hour this? at a time. I know somebody who sees, look, at everybody's different levels of crazies. That's fine. I know somebody who sees their shrink three days a week, which oh. you always, and when somebody's seeing a shrink for three hours a week, I mean, I guess on the one hand, you're like, well done for taking, you know, addressing your needs. On the other hand, and I don't know because I've never inquired, but when somebody tells you they're seeing the shrink three days a week, don't you then just start to run through a list of things in your head that it might necessitate that? Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm not trying to, be, you know, look, I mean, Sarah goes to a shrink, no, I, mean, I go to a shrink. No, even people like, find out that you go to the shrink, like, for some reason, it's like there's such a stigma attached to it. It's like, oh, God, you go to a shrink, that means there's something wrong with you. Which, I feel like there's something wrong with me. I'm the only one without a shrink. I was just going to say, well, well Tim. There's something wrong with everybody. Uh, because you're a, uh, it's because you're a grounded individual, Tim. You're not, just a, uh, you're not just a news director. You're also a well-centered human being. Maybe so. I don't but it's And plus, let's just be honest. Uh, I, w- I would say all of your issues just manifest themselves in stories that involve people screaming while they're being bitten repeatedly. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's a good venting mechanism for you. I suppose so. I think this job is good for something. So, Sarah... Had been going to the shrink, and then you decided that you were just sort of at a stopping point, which is the yeah, totally because the couple, the case. like the yeah, the last couple times, like I don't feel like the issues that I was addressing with her, I feel like I've worked through, and then I kind of found myself trying to find trying Treading to talk water. about things, yes, and I would be like looking at the clock behind her head, like okay, I have twenty five more minutes, and like what am I going to talk See, about? See, for me, it was always exactly the opposite because I would I would go to the and I'm not seeing a shrink right now because he told me I was wasting my money. <laughs> Um, and which, so it's, that's it's, just the opposite, which is weird. Okay. Now I never really thought about that. That good point, Tim, that actually is the opposite. So there's a shrink I was seeing who was, who I kind of like, but he was a little creepy. At this, it was a little creepy because he would just like, he would sort of, uh, he would infer all of these uh, things about me that like I had never told him. It was sort of, it was all very weird. Um, they said he had to read the Sky Mall catalog. No, it, it was exactly the opposite though. It was like seeing this, like my last shrink, it was almost like, um, which I guess maybe Sounds kind of abusive almost. And see, but but see, it's not at all. It really isn't. It, it did feel sort of invasive in this sense. The last shrink I saw, who and I have to be honest, if I'm really going to just speak uh, honestly about it, it, it it made me a little awkward because I felt uh, like he did sort of understand me to the to the extent that it made me uneasy. Uh, and I told Sarah this story off the air, but I, oh, I will yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, so I went to see the shrink. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, he does, you know, it sounds like such a cliche, but they ask this stuff because it, it matters. They say, well, like, how did you grow up and what was your family like and whatever. And so I'm like telling him, you know, like, oh, my dad was a big bastard and, you know, whatever. And it did all of these, you know, that tell me these, I tell you know, these details about, about my childhood and kind of, you know, where does Rick Emerson come? What makes a man like Rick Emerson? And I got to about, I don't know, um, personal facet number four, like, like about the fourth thing I'd given him. He kind of stopped me in conversation, and he said, 
So uh, just based upon those things, I would guess that you blank. And then he listed off, no lie, like six or seven incredibly specific things that he was guessing are part of my life or that I do. Every single one of them accurate. And it wasn't stuff like, and he doesn't know anybody I know. He doesn't know. It sounds like I'm talking about a psychic. But he doesn't know a single person that I know, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, didn't what totally unaware of the radio show. Uh, and had never talked to me before then. And I got about 45 seconds into describing my background, and he immediately reeled off a list of behaviors that he suspected I have. And, and it wasn't behaviors like, you sometimes eat cheese. I mean, they were incredibly specific to the point that it freaked me out. And I kind of felt in my sessions with this guy like he was... There's no other way I can put it. It kind of felt like he was sort of uh, like rooting around inside, like he was sort of rearranging things inside, because it was just because he clearly just had such a keen grasp on... Not that like I'm that fascinated, but there's only so many personality types. Because I asked him, I'm like, how did you? I'm like, how do you know all that stuff? And he said, he goes, well, people aren't all of them. He's like, you think you're unique? You're really not that unique. There's only so many different kinds of people, and there's only so many different kinds of behaviors. And after a while, they just you see which ones go together. So, so it gives them in a Rolodex. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you got the feeling it was like a spreadsheet. I mean, it was sort of a grounding thing in a way. Because mm-hmm. you know, everybody likes to think that their own problems, that like no one, no one knows all the problems I go through. You don't know my hell, Tim Riley, which. And, and he just said, he's like, you're not that, he's like, you're not that different. You're not that special. You have more or less the same problems as like nine other people that I see. And so that's, that's just the so reality. So please don't come back. Well, but, you know, but then I got to this, but, but I think I was sort of reflexively pushing away from him because, um, because I did feel like he was kind of reaching around in my brain and sort of like adjusting things, which I think is kind of off-putting because, uh, my shrinks in the past have been very sort of touchy feeling. They've all been hot chicks, which has helped, um, and so I think I kind of just dug in my heels and it wasn't quite as helpful as I should have been. So, so I went last time I went, like four months ago, he's like, well, I think you're wasting your money. You'd be advised not to come back. I'm like, I, OK. And I just <laughs> laughed. And I was sort of happy and sad about it all at once, as opposed to Sarah Shrink, who spent half of what was supposed to be your breakup session with her yesterday, showing you her Kindle and her iPods. And look at the snazzy things I bought. And she's showing me all the books that she's purchased for her Kindle. With your money. <clears throat> I know. And then... And then my kitchen. She did actually then got you to make another another appointment. <laughs> you went there to break up, and not only did you not break up, you paid to go there and look at things she's purchased, and you have now scheduled another appointment with her. You're being horked. There's just no other way around it. Got to try to sell you Amway stuff next time. It was weird too because like she stopped asking me questions about myself, and she's oh, I don't know. I, I, we, I feel I felt kind of dirty because like as it was happening, I'm watching. I'm like. I'm like, I cannot believe this actually happened. I'm like, Rick was right. I'm and, sitting here watching her purchase. And you know, the li- here's the last thing I'll say about it. The last thing I'll say is this. Uh, in the first hour of today's program, there was some, uh, I would say, uh, some awkwardness. Or maybe, maybe, it was all, maybe it was just me. I felt, I felt there was some, I think, tension because I just knew there was more to this story than, than when you were kind of talking about this. And I was just getting, you were getting at the little bullet points of it. And I just, mm-hmm. I kind of sensed that there was more behind it. And... I think I was sort of holding uh, holding back from giving you my thoughts, but really, I think uh, I think that's just just a big hand simultaneously reaching into your brain and wallet. Yeah. Even if she's not meaning to do that, I don't mean she's doing malicious. Well, it's just it's just become a thing where you're right. I've become her shrink rug. She talks to me more about her life than I do about mine. Well, it's a good thing that you're it's a good thing you're not going to stop seeing her. It's a good thing you've decided just to continue <laughs> no, I'm totally on. You're really helping her before her. the next. Would you like me to break up with her for you? No. Look, I'm sorry. It's just not working out with Sarah. No, I'll just I'll. I'll 
Find her email address and I'll email break up with her. Or I'll call her in the middle of the night when I know she won't answer her phone. <laughs> you call in the middle of the night, then they think it's like, you know, you're in the bathtub with a razor. Oh. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Or are you being handcuffed by somebody? Well, that's what I figured because I bought myself a month. So now I, I've been able, been able to put off the breakup for another month. So I, But now you're just going to dread it. You're going to spend the next month all filled with anxiety about, God, no, what if I don't have the willpower to break it, up this time? No, even just talking about it now, like I realize that I've been kind of duped. So now I don't feel like I'm going to be missing You know, out Kindle costs like $400. I know. And she told me that, too. I'm like, that's... What is there to read on a Kindle? Everything, Tim. Everything. You know, Susan Reynolds has a Kindle. I'm going to have to take a look. We were just talking about it, actually, two days ago, and I went up there by sheer coincidence. She has one on her desk. Um, it is, uh, it's quite something. We'll talk about it more. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Well done, Brent. Look at the big brain on Brent. Brent's too good for a shrink. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Lost in 408 with Chris Paddock and Sarah X. Dillon. Uh, Later on, uh, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. Uh, Today is Thursday, is it not? That means tomorrow, Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, uh, will join us in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. It's 503-733-2970. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program from Queensryche, Mr. Jeff Tate joining us now. Hello, sir. How are you today? Hey, good morning. Um, I want to thank you for spending some time with us. The new uh, record, American Soldier, which I believe comes out March 31st. Um, has I know that some of the songs have been premiered live. Uh, they've been played live. You guys are going to be coming uh, to Portland in April. How did the? Is it safe? Is this a concept record? Do you hate that term? Is it a term that gets used too much? Uh, it's usually used too much by people who don't really know what it means, <laughs> honestly. Which uh, it, it, it's a record and it uh, it tells a story. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a concept record, but it. Uh, it's a it's a it's a record that was based on uh, interviews I did with uh, soldiers from uh, different conflicts um, as far back as World War II up to the present, and then uh, wrote songs based on those interviews and uh, uh, actually included uh, the soldiers' own voices in the uh, songs themselves. Is this something you did because you felt? Uh, did you feel like there were stories that had yet to be? told or that there were sort of slices of the war narrative over time that hadn't been uh that hadn't been properly uh displayed or highlighted did the did the stories inspire the album or did you have the idea for the album and then go find the stories um you know it's it's one of those things that just sort of evolved um it started with a conversation i had with my dad who was a uh, war veteran and uh all my life um you know i'd been asking about his experiences and uh it was always kind of an area that he felt uncomfortable talking about and, and wouldn't share until recently. Uh, I'm using the seventies now. And, uh, one day we were talking and we just started opening up about it. And, uh, so really that was sort of the beginning. It made me kind of curious as to what, what is the soldier story? You know, we see so much of, um, you know, war films and, and battle films and, uh, things done Hollywood style and everything sort of, um, I don't know, uh, it, it just doesn't seem real to me, you know. Seems sort of uh, speculative. You feel like that was a, it was a, a, a sort of a more unvarnished approach that needed to be uh, taken. Well, you know, I wanted to hear what the soldiers had to say. You know, I wanted to hear their words and and how they felt about what they did and and what they do, and uh, rather than you know more of a political point of view. You know, like so many things get kind of misconstrued into you know. 
Queensryche obviously had a, a, a series of landmark uh, albums and leading up to this, and a lot of them did tell uh, you know, a continuous story where it was a very front-to-back tale. And is there any sort of uh, hesitation to do that kind of thing again? Do you become leery of of telling um, a complete saga or pieces of a saga? Do you ever uh, do you ever feel like uh, like that's a, a thing that you want to want to move away from? Yeah, I'd like to get more into dance band kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> Maybe just do zither music. Maybe just yeah. uh, accordion and piccolo, sir. There you go. You know, economically, uh, you could tour with that, you know? No, you know, you, you do what you're interested in, you know? And, and um, you know, we make records, we make albums, and um, it's it's very challenging and, and very, uh, I don't know, satisfying, you know, to uh, work on a, a big subject and then break it down into the chapters, you know, songs like that, and put it together in an interesting way. I, I think you can really explore things, you know, uh, a lot more in depth than you can with a three-minute song. We're talking to Jeff Tate from Queensryche, and during the, I guess what we are now legally required to call the grunge era of, of you know, let's say 91 to 96, 97, um, the Queensryche, the, the being a Seattle band, obviously had you know, a distinct sound, and a sound that was, I think, certainly apart from the media depiction of what that region sounded like in that time. Was, was there ever, did you guys, was there ever pressured to, to sort of to grunge up? Did you ever get the A&R guy who would come and say, what you need to do is, uh, I need you to put on some flannel and then have a lot of atonal droning did you guys ever leaned on to do that no 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 you know um i i honestly as a musician for you know nearly 30 years now i don't really hear much of a difference between um you know uh soundgarden for example nirvana uh pearl jam which i guess are, are labeled under the grunge moniker i don't hear a lot of you know hugely different uh a huge difference in their music from other rock music. You know, definitely they have their own kind of sound, but, but that's, you know, phrasing. That's the, the guy's voice, uh, you know, a, a soloing style. It's not like this new um, direction in music that it was, you know, sort of marketed as. I think grunge is just strictly a marketing term. And you said it yourself, you know, it, it, it had flannel associated with it. It was a look, you know, and... uh Definitely, we were not part of, of that particular scene, although I, I guess we were very inspirational to those bands when they were starting out. In fact, Soundgarden toured with us uh, quite a bit in, uh, back in the, the early days. It was certainly one of the big, uh, one of the big shadows uh, over Seattle and over, over Washington. Instead of growing up in Washington and just, and you know, the Queensryche was that the name you started hearing, I mean, Rage for Order and all of those early records, and the name... You heard first, it was before the internet, obviously, so you hear the name, you'd hear about the band, and then a guy would have a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a record, and then you'd finally get your you know, your hands on it. And I remember when I heard uh, like Lady Wore Black or just any of those, and it just, you, you thought to yourself, and it just was this sort of siren of music, if that makes any sense. It's just the music, it was this clarion that just cut through everything, and, and Queensryche has obviously really, really held on to that, so... Um, well, congratulations on uh, what is uh, being called it a really great record. It comes out uh, March 31st. American Soldier is the record. You guys are going to be at the Roseland. The website is queensryche.com. Jeff Tate, thank you so much, my friend. Hey, thanks, Rick. Appreciate right, the time, man. Thank you. Jeff Tate from Queensryche, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the new record, American Soldier, March 31st. You can find out more at queensryche.com. All right, excellent. Tim Riley is at the news desk. Yes, I am.
Hello, everyone. Tim, what are some of the headlines we'll be hearing about today? A mom admits to breastfeeding while high on methamphetamine. She's in big trouble over that. America's most wanted father and son crime team who beat that cross-country skier left her for dead in the Washougal Woods, stole his car, caught in Mexico. It was a date for death, courtesy of Craigslist. A 16-year-old Satan worshiper sporting tattoos reading 666, arrested for stabbing a New York City radio newsman to death following an evening of kinky sex, which he paid $60 for to be duct-taped and cut with knives. It all went too far. And tears are shed as the Salem onion-cutting plant closes. 120 jobs are lost. That is a sad story, Tim. It is. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Christopher J. Paddock. More news from Tim Riley, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, and your telephone calls and your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. And it wasn't Ice Cube. It was MC Ren. Yeah. Right. From uh, the CPT. In the, uh, in that's in there. Groundbreaking hit straight out of Compton. And now because I'm me, I'm conflating MC Ren with Ren Hook. So, oh. And I'm not going to give and an example of what the, that would sound like the, right Please now. don't. That'd be silly. It's 503-733-2970. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Coming up later on, Kelly Clark from Willamette Week, who I think will be on the phone, regrettably. Um, <laughs> Why is that regrettable, Rick? Because... Her dulcet tones are ever so much more enjoyable when she's behind a microphone. This microphone. Right next right to me. Right next to you. Yeah. No, honestly, yeah, I, I see what you mean, though. Like, Kelly Clark's a really good in-studio guest. She's a vibrant person, Sarah. She's full of life. I like her a lot, a lot. I do as well. <laughs> Hello, Christopher J. Paddock. How are you? How are you today? I um, am Rick? fantastic. How are your guts treating you? <laughs> um, I, you How know, you feeling, I, I ate some bad taquitos last night. <laughs> Is that... But when you it's say like you, something out of... Raiders of the Lost Ark, bad date. When you eat, when you say, I had some bad taquitos, that's like in the movies, and they say, I gotta go see a man about a horse. And it relates, you gotta go, uh, you, gotta, you gotta go use the facilities. Yeah. Or powder my nose. It, when you say, I had some bad taquitos, it sounds like you're almost referencing it something like else. sounds like a euphemism, doesn't it? Does. It does. Uh, a couple of uh, adult beverages and some bad taquitos. Oh, that doesn't make Literally. it all yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I, oh, but... And this is not to be an endorsement, but I had some of that aardvark habanero sauce, too. It's fantastic. You were babbling about that when we went to trivia night the other day. Yeah. Uh, it's very hot. No, it's yeah. uh, it's quite that good. Could, yeah. It's got a real... Well, did you it's see... It's got bite. Look, I'll just tell you this. Yeah. Um, just, uh, just very briefly here. So I have this kind of thing as the one sauce to rule them all, because their deal is you can put it on yeah. anything. That, you know, I put them on the taquitos, the but I think the taquitos were the, the, the troublemaker. Phrases and slogans, I'm not making this up, that they, that they suggest you better not using... This one just says, thank you. We want to hurt you. Also, this one. <laughs> also, this one. Uh, meaner than snakes on a plane. And uh, the taste that beats you in the mouth. I, I would agree with all three. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. Thank you, Aardvark. Were you watching Lost? Now, were you and Sarah, was it like a group watch? Or no. were you watching no. it separately? Oh, separately. no, you called each other. Mm. That's right. Yeah, I uh, spent the first half hour kind of prepping for Lost. How does one prep for law? Uh, well, that that was where the taquitos came in, and then. Uh, <laughs> well, Wednesday night is now the best TV yeah, night ever because snack America's on. Next Top Models on at eight, and switch yeah. right from like that mindless show to Lost. It's just like a yeah. brain buster. I was on the internet just trying to kind of brush up on some things that were going on, and then once the show starts, I try to pause my TiVo 
so that I don't have to sit through commercials. You will let the buffer build. I will. And uh, unfortunately, in this case, I was unable to do that because I would... It just wasn't happening that mm-hmm. way because so, I was too excited. So I will ask this, and then we'll start Lost in 408. Are they doing the thing right now where you also have to um, where you have to be figuring up puzzles and, and stuff online to go along with it? Do you remember like the second or third season? It was like oh, they did the Lost show. experience. Oh, yeah. But it was like all like you had to be assembling mm. video clips and crap online to be they're figuring out what was going on. They're not doing as much of that on. anymore. I think yeah, because they're getting viral. towards the end. All right. And plus, you don't have to build the buzz at this point, probably. Yes. Yeah, that, the work is done for them there. Correct. Right. And they got some stupid, crappy thing that they do during uh, that Life on Mars show, which is like it's... Is that it's, still on? Yeah. It's next no, it's week's, only last next week's week. the season finale. Yeah. Uh, they got but they do this horrible thing with dolls where they reenact it. Uh, what happened on Lost? Have you noticed that? No. No. Yeah, no. yeah it's really no. creepy. Oh. I, uh, I, they do this horrible thing with that Life on Mars show where they keep putting it on every week. <laughs> And taking up an hour that could be used for something. It's horrible. That, that Gretchen Mall continues it's to get work. Awful. That yeah. show is so bad. And I wanted to like it because I saw a few episodes. I sound like such a snob. I saw the British version, and the British version was was, was not bad at all. It wasn't perfect, but it was it was good. Boy, I mean, unless it somehow got better after the first two episodes, I got two episodes deep in Life on Mars, and I was I was just like, screw this. Mm-hmm. I am pulling the ripcord now. Yeah, uh, I think that um, Michael Imperioli. Yes. Just like the idea that he could be able to hide behind a big bushy mustache. Well, that doesn't seem like a sketch. Yeah. You watch mm-hmm. that it looks show ridiculous. and look how seventies we are. Yeah. Wow. I know all the like, fo- like it reminds me a lot of like Billy Zane and Titanic with like it's the unsinkable ship. This ship will never sink. They always make those. Picasso at- will never amount to anything. Oh my god. Yeah, they got to make time. You know. <laughs> hey, it's Marvin. Yeah, Marvin Barry Chuck, it's your cousin. Totally. Uh, exactly. When will anyone ever want to have a phone on them all the time? No, no, no. never <laughs> will. Ronald Reagan's the president? Who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis? You want a Pepsi, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. Sorry, right, now we're, we're gone, gone into uh, Back uh, to the Future. Uh, all right, let's get... All right, uh, let me give the uh, the warning here. These... Sorry, I jumped up out of my chair. I was really excited. Wow. Right. It's just, and you have to give a big spoiler alert today. I don't think you were that excited when we got this job, actually. <laughs> you just bolted out of your chair and knocked things over in your uh, haste to get to your feet to talk about Lost. I know. I'm sorry. This is I, You've heard me kind of gushing about it all day. Like, this is the episode. Yes. How many episodes are left in the season? I don't even know. I tried to pretend. The or anything, right? I, don't, I don't ever want it to end. I don't want to know. You just want to wake up handcuffed and bitten someday. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to know when it's that coming. Like, I don't want to lay out the ground rules for the relationship. Yeah. I just want it to go as long as it can. Uh, okay, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, there will be spoilers, lol. So if like, you... re- for really real, the big spoiler. In as much as anything in Lost can be spoiled. If you uh, don't want to know what happened last night on Lost, yeah, you tune out for the next... Four minutes and eight seconds. It is Lost in 408 with Sarah X. Dillon and Chris Paddock. Oh, Lord. I Okay, so this episode oh, uh, is, is sort of, uh, obviously, it's been, it was building up to this. And here's this the problem. This is the episode. ABC of- should never, ever run promos where they show Saeed firing off a gun because... You spend the entire episode, okay, who's he going to shoot? Yeah. And it was pretty obvious. We all knew who he was going to shoot because he's been visited by young Ben Linus as he's been a captured uh, hostel. See, I had no idea. I had no idea. I did not see that coming. So, um, to back up, so it's in the 70s. They're all on the island. At the end of the episode, yes, Saeed kills young Ben Linus. So why do you think that he kills Ben? Okay, well, I, I think here's the, here's the deal is that he's realized that Ben has manipulated, and he says this a lot, 
and he has said it a lot, that Ben is a manipulator. Ben ruins other people's lives. Yes, Ben has done nothing but bad for like Exactly. So maybe what Saeed is thinking, but he doesn't know this, is that by killing someone in the past doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have an effect on future events because those things have already happened. Mm-hmm. Well, and plus all of the Dharma Initiative, they were still alive and walking around because like Sawyer and Jack and Kate and Hurley, they're all walking around. But meanwhile, you see the flaming Volkswagen go into like where the Dharma Initiative thing. Who did that? And then plus, little Ben was talking about his uh, father at the end saying like, oh, like talking about him in the past tense. Yes, yeah, so maybe this was the night that he actually killed his father? Yes, that's what I was thinking because he's like, oh, well, he, he hated that and he says that in the past tense. But when he killed his father, he also killed the rest of the Dharma Initiative because he set off. So yeah, he didn't actually kill them the way he was supposed to kill them. What was so it, did, four years later? So did Saeed alleviate him killing all the rest of the Dharma Initiative by killing so. young Ben? I really don't think so. I think what happened here is I think it's sort of the Groundhog Day effect. I think that they are going to be stuck in a time loop. And they, and I believe that uh, Jack, Hurley, and Kate... Uh-huh. Like, remember when Ben was flashing the mirror and stuff in the, in yeah, the last season? Yeah, like communicating season? with the people in the yes. hotel. I think he was communicating with Jack, Kate, and Hurley, but they were old versions of them. Okay. And they're in the temple Okay, well, really- because they've been in hiding because they can't, they cannot meet up with their actual past selves. Or it will cause some sort of, I don't know, okay, uh, what do, what time do you think flux about, capacitor. What do you think about Sawyer uh, talking to Saeed and saying, like, he's our you? Like, what do you think they mean that, you know, that Saeed well, is? Well, I had a problem with the guy that was their you was, because it was Larry from Newhart. From Newhart, yeah. Yeah, they had the dude that was Larry. But and do they already have the lawnmower man in there anyway. They can just eh, get all whatever. Okay. Lawnmower <laughs> man, really? Yeah, yeah lawnmower man. Lawnmower man is Frank. Okay, so I... Well, I thought that now, was who do you think Saeed is? So is he like their assassin? Because that's what Saeed usually does. He's the killer. He's the guy that goes out and he kills everybody. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously out there. He, he realizes his mission now is to kill people now in the past. And how creepy was it when Saeed was given that truth serum and he's like, all of you are going to die. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It was like he was tripping out on some LSD. Or maybe he was. Do mm-hmm. you think that was LSD? Because he dropped it on a sugar cube. I don't know. Because because it is like is anybody here taking acid? Is the that what it's like? polio vaccine. Well, because it is an oh, okay. experimental place yet, because it is like... Well, they're know, the all on acid because they're hippies and they listen to hippie music. Mm-hmm. Well, they're they hippies vote. and they listen yeah, to they vote. Yeah, they vote. So then they vote to kill Saeed. A lot of stuff happened in this episode. And then Saeed, like, knocks Jin out and all of a sudden turns and shoots, which is kind of hard to wrap your brain around because you're watching Saeed shoot this 12-year-old kid, you know, shoot him dead, even though you know that it's a future evil Ben He shot him in the back. Shot, no, shot he him shoot in the, the front? He yeah. shoot him in the chest? What if he was wearing a, a bulletproof vest because old Ben Linus caught up to him and said, dude, some dude's gonna from Iraq is going to try to or shoot you. Or maybe old Ben Linus wants to die. Ooh, I never Ooh. thought about it that way. I don't you're know. really screwing me up. I know this is like making my head hurt, but I could not believe. All right, so next week they're under house arrest and they can't, they cannot touch anybody else because they're bad people. Oh my gosh, I know they. And we're done. How do we feel about today? You know what? I'm, I, I, I'm out of sorts. Too much. I feel happened. like I took the sugar cube with the acid on it while I was eating the taquitos along with the habanero sauce. He's I our would, program director. You had an action-packed <laughs> evening. I live a very charmed ass- life, Rick Emerson. It was an assault on both body and mind. I don't feel well. No. No. <laughs> Would you say you're going to make it through the day without hurling? I don't. I think I'll be okay. I don't think I'm going to. I don't think I'm going to hurl. All right. Oh. I'm hoping. Oh, I, don't. I see. It's oh. A, well, Maybe it's, a the other... of, it's a kind of hurling. Mm. Uh, no, a, I don't. That's a, a con- gross. A concentrated I hurl. I just want to. I'm going to be okay. I've been ham- sipping some tea, and I've been having uh, a, a, my mom, Italian, might as well have been Jewish, told me. Have a banana because it'll settle your stomach out. Is that true? Not so. Because okay. I'm going to call her and I'm going to complain because <laughs> she is wrong. Yeah, I don't think like adding a banana and mother does not know best. best yeah, I just adding a bunch of other mushy stuff into your. Well, it's got uh, potassium in it. Yeah, I suppose. I, I would think like I've always heard like crackers and 
Monkeys live very healthy lives until they go out and they rip people's faces off, too, which is another thing, because they eat a lot of bananas when you think about that. Well, it settles their stomach. Yes, it does. <laughs> Call back. And on that... Christopher J. Paddock, ladies and gentlemen, that was Lost in 408. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up this hour, your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Aaron Duran from geekinthecity.com. Did I mention that I saw that? Oh, yeah, I, I did the uh, Tales of the Black uh, Freighter. Yes, and you said it wasn't as good. Do you want to borrow that? Yes. I it's disturbing. I mean, it's disturbing and it's, it's you know, it's altogether ooky. You probably should see it. I mean, it's beautiful. I mean, it's really, it's a fantastic piece of artwork. I think it's all drawn by hand. It's the story within a story from Watchmen. That which, is just so disturbing. Yeah, it's a... Uh, it, Black Freighter? It's a... Uh, yeah, it's... Um, it's like a maritime tale? It, it actually is. It is. Um, it, but a demented one. It is a comic book within a comic book. It is basically a, a pirate comic that they have brought to life in a 25-minute animated short it's a directed DVD for the for the Watchmen movie, and it's that, and then it's Under the Hood, which is like a 60 minutes style news story about uh, uh, about um, about uh, you know the new Minutemen and the, you know kind of their their history and you know whatever. Anyway, it's all it's all very interesting. But uh, the Tales of the Black, Black Freighter is kind of inadvertently humorous. I think it's probably unintentionally funny at some points, but it really is just uh, it is altogether it is altogether vile at, at other moments. So is it worse than Hallelujah? Nothing is worse than Hallelujah, sir. <laughs> and nothing can kill the grimace. At the news desk, it's Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. They got caught. America's most wanted father and son crime team, who beat that cross-country skier, left him for dead in the Washougal Woods, then stole his car. They're caught in Mexico. How were they caught? Well, the son put a little bit too much on his Facebook account. He was easily traced. Then we have a bitey in Connecticut. A woman handcuffed herself to her sleeping husband after they apparently had some makeup lovemaking while he was sleeping. So she shackles himself to her, and then she starts biting him as he calls 911 on the phone begging for help. I divorced her, and tried to leave her, and... Ow! Absolutely not. He's, you know, it, at least she's offering constructive criticism. And we decided that that guy sounds a lot like this guy. They should get together and do some sort of an ow-off at some point. That's great. Oh, An owl? I mean, <laughs> like a, we need a third one of them, and then we'll have a trifecta. That's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. The State House has approved an anti-bullying bill despite concerns that the language is too broad. The bill passed 50 to 9. Republicans complain that they should have the right to bully. What does the I mean, what does the bill actually entail? What is it? The, I mean, what does that even mean? An anti? Presumably, it's already illegal to be pounded on somebody. Mm-hmm. You can't be uh, kicking somebody in the junk or you know handcuffing them and biting them. What would the except if you live in Connecticut? I, I suppose. What I mean, what is what would it do that's it, it not already really illegal? Say. 
So it, it's, uh, it says the language is too broad. It so seems like one of those things that they probably passed just because if you call it an anti-bullying law, almost no one can – like you're just required to vote. It's like when they call it the Family Values Protection Act. And then everybody is sort of required to, to support it because, you know, you don't want to you don't want to hate families or values. From New York City, it was a Craigslist Craigslist sex date with a devil. Do you mean Craigslist or Craigslust, Tim? Well, I suppose. Uh, self-described Satanist teen with a love for knives, stabbed a beloved radio newsman to death in a kinky sex romp arranged through Craigslist. The 16-year-old was arrested in upstate. He admitted that he agreed to choke. And do something I can't describe here to the 47-year-old ABC Radio News anchorman for $80. So, he paid for all this, apparently, in cash. And the teen whose MySpace page is littered with photos of himself with blades told the cops it was Weber who drew a knife first during a sexual encounter at the victim's Brooklyn apartment. Weber took out the blade to free his legs, which were duct tape. Uh, but the young man, high on cocaine and vodka, said he panicked, grabbed the knife from Weber, stabbed him twice. Actually, 48 times after that, but he wasn't counting. Is it, uh, is it too soon? Uh, for Rarely do we offer a three-piece dice show and a broadsword and four fixed plates. You know, this set has it all. Mm, oh, the yeah. out there, that's a new item we've tossed in the deal. I, can't, I cannot believe that at this point in time that folks, how many? Okay, I got three dozen sets left. If you want them, it's time to dial right now. Your last chance to own the deal of the millennium, the deal of 08. Hey, probably the deal of the year to come. Sarah, did you say the knife guy was actually on television this morning? He was on this morning. Him and the... And you know, all the phones are ringing, and he would stop talking at, you know, large points of time. He's like, wait, wait, oh, okay. We only have 200. All right. And it's all right. This is unbelievable. This is the most beautiful bone whatever I've ever seen. And it's like, it, well, and it's not uh, like an all knife channel, right? Like it's it's like a, an infomercial. But I mean, but but it's it's part of a larger network. In yeah, other words, just, it's a I knife show. Through. It was just too a broad startling. Sword, a three piece dice show. Forget all those, even when though those are get all that, and your wildlife. I love the knife guy. Look at the meat and the sandwich. Uh, exactly. That's where the deal is. That's why this, this one has taken it <laughs> to a level unseen in the past. And the best part about watching the knife infomercial is that, I mean, they do those shots where he's got the table with like 700 knives. And he's doing that, if you want to buy 700 knives for just 98 cents each, this is where you can get that deal. And then they will, and then they start throwing in the supplementals. Like, if you're going to buy the 300 knives, but you, you know, like you want to, but you're kind of unsure, then it's like they'll throw in the axe on top of it. And then <laughs> it's they, like sold. And then you get 15 hatchets and a broadsword. And then, like, would close the deal you know, a katana thing. So, yeah, the knife guy is... Do you remember what channel it was, by chance? No, I was just flipping through because I was delirious. I was waking up. I'm like, okay, because the only thing on in the morning is the knife guy, They're Jerry not, Springer, yeah. or cops. So I ended up watching cops this morning. Well, And that's got to be weird, too. Like, if you're, if you're waking up and you're already a little... Um... No, I had to change the channel because it was, like, too... It was too much well, that early in the morning. And everything seems a little surreal when you first uh, wake mm -hmm. up anyway, and For then suddenly you get that... The cheese!
Dave's and I's, they'll all come in this handy-dandy red toolbox that you see behind it. Great setup. What about a case of the Navy SEALs going into this deal with the Eagle Eye inset vented blade lockback design? You also will get in our mix. Check this out. The Barracuda Stealth Fighter will be included by the dozen. Over to the side of that, we have our executive wildlife series going into our mix. These are easily 16 18 bucks in most retail stores, 98 cents tonight. It's no wonder dealers worldwide have hooked up on our warehouse liquidation. Ugh, all right. Yeah, that'll rattle around inside your brain and unnerve you, I think, if you're not sufficiently rested. It's 503-733-2970. More news ahead with uh, Tim Riley. Also, your shout at winning uh, guitar hero Metallica sometime before the end of the show. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio show from the Willamette Week, Kelly Clark, arts hey there, and culture editor, Maven Hello. and raconteur. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you guys? You know, I was hoping to have you in the studio this morning, but I realized that because I'm now lame, uh, by which I'm, cause I'm getting up at, you know, whatever, like 3, 3.30, so I'm going to bed at like 8 <laughs> be because I suck. And... So Kelly and I were kind of emailing yesterday, and it's like coming in today. What time? And she's like, "So do you want me to do you want me to come into the studio, or do you want me to be on the phone?" And my response was, "Yeah, exactly." And but you know, it's it's cool because I feel like we're lady hawking right now, and that makes me happy. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. Kind of that yeah, that sort of a deal. Exactly. So well, next up, well next uh, time you're in, you have to uh, just next uh, time I will be there, and I yeah, because I I think I'm going to experience you guys telling me about the the TV insanity at 4:30 in the morning. Do you not know live. the knife guy? No. Oh, I don't, oh, oh, why would I ever? Actually, you know, at that point, I'm usually coming home or passed out. I'm usually passed out, to be honest. By one time, is that three thirty or four thirty? Well, morning? I don't, see. Here's the thing. I got actually going to give credit or credit to the reason that I first found the knife infomercial guy, and I don't remember what channel he's on. I think it might be like a syndicated. In other words, um, I, I think that that may come from one central. Uh, outlet that is then offered to a lot of the like infomercial channels or the, mm. the 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 shopping channels to fill their time or whatever they buy the time or however. Um, but my wife, I came home one day. And my wife is like, I taped the greatest thing for you. This is, this is like why she's the best <laughs> wife ever. Because that's why you guys are together. Sir, because she knows. Because she has the spidey sense. She knows exactly what I need to see. And so when I came home, she's like, I taped the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and she actually made me. She made me wait. She said. She said, you know, okay. Tell me I'm the best wife ever. And I'm like, you're the best wife ever. Why? And she goes, because of this. And she hits play, and it's it's the most mind-bendingly bizarre thing because it goes on for like three hours, and it's just knives. That's all it is. And there's sort of like the Larry and Terry in the morning kind of a vibe where there's the blonde girl who's sort of funny and bubbly. And then the guy who pitches the knives, though, is just this like unhinged, cracked-out rube. I mean, he's fantastic, and everything he's talking about is the deal of the millennium. Oh Look at the blade on this knife. And he's just I like feel a, like I've been living half a life without this. It <laughs> is. I don't know how I went uh, for many, many years not knowing of this show's existence. In fact, it's so great. It's so fantastic. It was parodied. There's a two-minute scene in the most recent Futurama film uh, where, they, where they parody the knife guy. <laughs> So, I mean, okay. it's on the Futurama map. It ought to be on your radar as well, Kelly Clark. Definitely. i got to uh, do this. Wow. Um, so I, you had sent me this kind of the breakdown of what you're talking about or what, you know, what you're going to be focusing on right now for the, the Willamette thing. But before we do anything else, uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, I just got to seize on this. One of those things is Tremors, the movie with uh, Michael Gross and Reba McIntyre on the big screen, is it not? Oh, yeah, the 1990 Kevin Bacon versus Giant Sandworm yeah. extravaganza, which I have on VHS. It's oh, fantastic. Yeah. This is, 
this, to be honest, that was the highlight of my week. This, I, I never thought I would be able to enjoy something so close to my heart with an entire audience of nerds. So. I don't think, and I'm trying to remember if I saw, I must have seen it in the theaters. Um, right. I mean, I, 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 you know, I got it at home and, and everything, but I think I must have seen it with a crowd the first time. But it's, Tremors is exactly the kind of movie that everybody says they want, but you know, they never really ever get it, which is a true B, even though I had Kevin Bacon, it's a true oh, yeah. B movie. Um, and it does have, first of all, it has Reba McIntyre actually acting, which is amazing. Yeah, uh, with uh, the dad from Family Ties, and Michael she's holding Gross. guns all the time. And it has great. Kevin... It has a little girl from uh, Jurassic Park in it, too, and she awakens the worms by pogo sticking, right? Ariana Richards, that's right. Oh, in, very good. We, we had her on the show. Uh, she was in the studio with us, and I think I made a passing Tremors reference, but it's like <laughs> I was, but I, I just left it behind because I was just all wanting to talk about the movie Angus. Yeah, we totally latched on to the Angus um, thing. So, all right, so Tremors on the big screen, when, where? Tremors on the big screen is going to be this Saturday through next Thursday, March 28th at April 2nd at uh, the Baghdad. I, you can't miss that. No, it's I'm really there. too good to pass up. Totally there. Oh, man. So the rest of the stuff this week is kind of just as weird as the knife guy and Trevor. It was just a week of weirdness. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Brickfest. Uh, is that the, it's the Lego thing. Yeah, it's the uh, AFOL. That would be the adult fans of Lego, which kind of sounds like a nasty acronym, but it's about Lego. So they're having a big, uh, what do you call it, a tournament, a convention at the convention center this weekend. And on Sunday, March 29th, there is a free exhibition of what they, and I quote, call three, uh, excuse me, 30,000 feet of Lego sculpture, which is is this where you're seeing them built on the fly, or are they just displaying that, yeah, things? Yeah, some of have... them are being built already, and then some of them are just like the final sculptures, which I talked to the president of the, the, the AFOL Society the other day, uh, because, you know, at Willamette Week, we really wanted him to build us a, a Lego Zappa, mm-hmm. you know, a Frank Zappa, because these are the kind of things we asked for. And he chastised me, because apparently it takes months and months of planning to execute a proper Lego sculpture or a proper Lego mosaic. So he didn't want to rush he it. Had, he felt it was insulted that you asked him to do a slapdash he, work. He kind of was. He kind of mm-hmm. had to, like, it was like he was through the phone patting me on the head like a child about the fact that I would ask for such a masterpiece to be created in a week. So uh, these guys take it really, and women take it really seriously. They're building amazing stuff. Some of them uh, focus on castles. Some of them focus on trains. Some of them focus on mosaics and spaceships. It's kind of great. And uh, and that's free, and it's... uh, it's at the Oregon Convention Center this Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. All right, I'm also going to see that, by the way, because I'm a big nerd. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we have found an undercurrent of Lego fan- fanaticism at our office. So well, I because didn't know until this came up. because Legos are one of those things where it's like there's there, it, it does seem like there's only two roads you go down. There either you're that guy where you're making like a like a scale model Statue of Liberty or something, or there's me where it's like I would get about. Yeah, I don't know, five bricks in and realize I have no talent. I can't build anything. I'm going to give up and go outside and cry. So. Yeah, I gave up and started eating Play-Doh. I, I was never really you, into the... Look, at least you didn't downgrade to Duplo blocks. I mean, that really is when you have to just uh, take your own life. All right. So we got Brickfest, and then this is what ties in the, the, the Zappa thing. There is an event called Zappa Dee Doo Dada this weekend, which is a three-band Zappa tribute. They're playing a bunch of Zappa covers. Uh, they have a local guy who's dressing up and emceeing Zappa. It's kind of like a mother's invention sort of wink fest. Mm-hmm. It's pretty awesome. So that's happening at the Fez. Uh, actually, tonight... Uh, Thursday night at 9 p.m., and it's only 5 bucks. So if you'd so, like to uh, go to a place uh, filled with libertarians where you're guaranteed to never see a woman. <laughs> in fact, if, yeah, you're, but, if, if you're terrified of women, in fact, and want to make sure that you don't ever come into contact with one, hang out with Frank Zappa, guys. That's a, that's a good way to avoid female contact of all varieties. I don't know 
about that. There's a lot of chicks that think Zeph is hot. No, that's that's maybe that's just why we got that's, thought. Uh, so yeah, so that's why we want them to buy excellent. us to build us a Lego Zappa because we actually have a really awesome photo in the in the paper this week of a Lego mosaic of Frank Zappa that unbeknownst to us, a local company called Slug Knife had already built because this is the kind of stuff that people in Portland do without a newspaper asking Okay, them. I have to tell you, I was just distracted by the fact that Sarah was taking off one of her rings from her fingers, was sniffing the inside of it, and then wrinkling her nose in disgust. I, I just got this oh, ring. Oh, yeah, the inside the rings are gross. I know. I just got this ring yesterday at Forever 21 for like $3, and I don't know. It's It smells weird. Forever rancid. Yeah, it's already turning my yeah. finger green. Too. Yeah, it's so, so in pro- Yeah, earring posts do the same thing. Yeah. You get the- Dunk on your ear. Uh, all right. Well, I think. Don't uh, you know about this ring smell thing? No, I no, because I put a ring on and I leave it there. So, uh, <laughs> and I think you know. You know, I know. I know somebody's going to secretly go home tonight and smell those rings. I'll do it when we come back. All right, we're a little bit under the gun time wise, but next time you got to come in the studio with us. Yeah. No. Definitely. All right. I will be there. The new issue okay, is out today. Yes. The new issue is today, or you can see it every day at wweek.com. We got a really cool cover story about the state of Oregon trying to ban the sale of exotic pets. So I know, don't you have like a porcupine or something? Uh, I had a hedge. I've had a couple of hedgehogs actually. Okay, well you're you're off. But people with bears and tigers and uh, baby monkeys are under the gun right now. I think that eat, those animals ought to be uh, they ought to be legal because really it seems like that's the only way to eliminate those folks from the gene pool. You know. <laughs> I want to buy a Komodo dragon. Have at it, friend. Here's a gun, too, and some booze. Enjoy. All right. Thank buy you, that Kelly. that honey bear and that chimpanzee that's going to rip your face off. Yeah. Kelly Clark from Willamette Week. There you go. Kelly Clark uh, will be in the studio with us next time. All right. Thank you, Kelly. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. Tim Riley ahead with more news. Your chance to win Guitar Hero Metallica. Don't forget, smells like the 90s coming up at 9 o'clock with Buzz and so forth. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Still to come this hour, your chance to win a copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. By the way, I posted that Left for Dead thing uh, at my website. It's rickemerson.com. Rickemerson.com. Uh, it's the most recent blog entry. It's concept art for either. See, now I'm getting two different stories. It, this morning, the story was that there was going to be a Left for Dead film, which I think there probably still would be at some point. My, my suspicion, this is how they ought to do it. Left 4 Dead, which is the first-person shooter for uh, for the 360, which is righteous, by the way. They uh, they ought to just be taking the four different maps, because Left 4 Dead is this where you're playing a character in a zombie movie. They ought to be doing like four 20-minute films, releasing that as one big DVD. But I guess there's some, some talk that they're going to make a feature-length film. Anyway, uh, this morning the story was that there was concept art out for this film that they might be making. Now I guess it might be a graphic novel or both, but... Uh, go to rickemerson.com. Uh, the uh, the link is right there. I mean, whatever they're using it for, it really is just it's pretty stunning. It's, uh, it's just some fantastic artwork they've commissioned for this. So that's at the rickemerson.com. At the news desk, this is Tim Riley. In the news with Tim Riley. A local mom pleads guilty to felony charges of breastfeeding her son while high on methamphetamine. Michelle Hastings had her day in court. She could spend the next 15 years in prison for her crime. There'll be no more peeling of onions at the Sunsweet plant in Salem. They're going to cease processing onions there. Sunsweet uh, Sun is also known for peppers, mushrooms, locally grown berries that are sold to other food companies for use of ingredients in a variety of products. Well, that, but like, see, the thing about it is like, that doesn't make any sense. So are they going to, are they not, 
Did they grow the onions or just process them? Process them. Oh, so the onions were grown somewhere else and Probably then... Probably locally, I would imagine. And then... Uh, the cheapest way to do it. And then processing, does that just mean like you're like you're peeling it or something? Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it seems like that's a thing that... I mean, I hate to, you hate to see people lose their gig, but it seems like that's a thing you probably do like at the same place where they're, uh, I don't know, packaging it or something. That is true. That 16-year-old boy charged with the brutal killing of that New York newsman pled not guilty moments ago, and they've just said that... Besides leaving his own clothes behind, he was wearing some of the victim's clothes. Well done. Newsman Weather stabbed at least 50 times, this following a kinky sex hookup involving duct tape and knives and porno. He play, he uh, paid the kid $80 to do that. Well, he didn't pay him to do everything, but well, many of the things on the list. Uh, how much? So does it have a full list of things you just can't say him? Um, yeah. I, 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 how much for just the stabbing? Oh, no, it's not a la carte, huh? Well, Did right, people pay I... $80 to duct tape him and... Stab him? Well, you know, I mean, you know, I wonder if that includes supplies. I wonder if the kid brought his own duct tape, or if it was, uh, if it was, if it was, if he was, if paying it was for, provided, praying for labor only. Uh, was he a weather guy? You said? No, he was a newsman. Oh, okay. So a news anchor for ABC Radio. I guess in my in my head, I somehow heard new ABC weather guy, and that didn't make no. any sense. All right. That would be more of a zany type of. Thing. I was going to say, well, and then I have they have a whole series of zany jokes I could make about it, but I won't do that now. Speaking of ABC, I did want to say this because, Tim, I know you're a fan of Doug Limerick. Yes. Who I didn't know was still around. I didn't know he was still uh, working. I thought he'd be retired by now. Doug Limerick, who is a radio uh, news guy for ABC. Doug Limerick, ABC News. Which, I mean, you, I mean, I know you said this. I've been hearing that guy forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't even imagine how old he is. He's still doing it. Doug Limerick does the top of the hour news a lot of times for the ABC radio network, and he has this very sort of melodic, very musical almost delivery to the way he talks. Here's the single best. I wish I had audio of this. I wish more than anything I had taped this uh, or gone back and, and, and found a recording when he said it. Doug Limerick on ABC Radio News one time said this. It was when uh, the actor Ed Flanders, who played um, Dr. He played Donald Westfall on St. Elsewhere. And in like 95, 96, uh, the actor Ed Flanders, he, uh, he took his own life. He, he shot himself, uh, just committed suicide for whatever reason. Anyway, so... That's the back the backstory to this. Doug Limerick comes onto the top of the hour news, and he was just doing the headlines. He wasn't doing like the full story, and he broke the news exactly this way. He goes, "Actor Ed Flanders dead, a bullet to the head." Doug Limerick, ABC News. That was like it was just made a two like a little couplet out of it. Just a little bit, a bit of a rhyming sing song. It was quite something. It's American ingenuity. They've created a five thousand calorie burger. At a ballpark in West Michigan, what does this have? This has five one-third pound beef patties, nacho cheese, chili, salsa, Fritos, tomato, and lettuce, all in an eight-inch bun. With all that, why not just add the bacon, too? <laughs> you know, that's been the most popular question is, where's the bacon? Why didn't you put the bacon? You know what? That's a great question. I think we're probably going to be forced to add that at this point. That's Vice President of Sales Steve McCarthy, who describes the burger starting with the beef. Five uh, one-third pounders uh, added to lettuce, tomato, salsa, sour cream, chili, and Fritos, and uh, we pile all that on an eight-inch sesame seed bun. Who says there's a recession? The response from across the country is astounding. This has just been an incredible uh, week for a food item for us. You know, we're sitting two weeks out from opening day, and uh, we have a lot of things here in the stadium to to get ready. But uh, it's nice to be able to talk about the food items and and, and get this attention this uh, close to the season. That is America, Tim. In a nutshell, that's Rick Emerson's America. By the way. (laughs) I just have to read. Uh, I don't have time to read the whole thing. I should have to read just a little, a little slice of this, uh, of this hate mail I just got. It just says this. This is goes. 
Your voice makes me want to off myself. (laughs) Really, sir? Is that the case? If I keep talking long enough, will that situation just keep sorting itself out and come to its logical end? If I just keep speaking like this long enough in elongated sentences that seem to go on? If my dulcet tones continue to flow from the speaker, sir, will that inevitable conclusion be reached? I'd hate to think that that's the case, that my voice would make you off yourself if I just kept talking. And then I'd be deprived of your wit right here on the Rick Emerson Show. My voice. All right. Uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. Yes. One more? Oh, we're taking a break. That was an odd little pause there. Well, I was looking at my clock. Oh, hey, you have a clock in front of you. That's right. You know, we should pause and come back. Uh, Would you like to pause for refreshment, Tim? I would, yes. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Show. It is Rock 101 KUFO. 503-733-2970 is the telephone number. 503-733-2970. I was all all ready to do the uh, spot the fake metal lyrics today. I feel I've just inflicted too much upon the people, though, in that regard. I like the metal better than the goth. I'll bring it back tomorrow. You know, I don't feel... I want to make my voice to be at full strength. We should make Aaron do it tomorrow while he's here. That's a great idea. I'll either have Aaron perform it. I'll probably perform it. I'll have Aaron write it. Aaron Duran from GeekInTheCity.com will be here tomorrow with I can hear Aaron reviews. doing like some weird, like, like, I don't know, like drama nerdy thing. I will. Here's what I'll have him do. I'll have him find some metal lyrics that are sort of also, you know, a lot of uh, like Hobbit rock where you're riding toward Valhalla or something. And then I'll have him create some of his own. And then I'll perform that. That'll be tomorrow. All right. Today, though, uh, we're going to uh, strip it back a, a little bit and make it more straightforward. We will take Caller 10 here, and we will uh, do some Metallica trivia for your copy of Guitar Hero Metallica in stores March 29th. So be Caller 10 right now at 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. In the meantime, in between time, it's Tim Riley at the news desk. In the news with Tim Riley. Our top stories this morning, an arrest has been made in connection with a rash of bank thefts in the Pearl. 28-year-old Jason Charles Bush facing burglary charges. Apparently, they caught him once on tape. He's suspected of breaking into the edge locks. Other news today. Looks like the kids won't need a business license to operate lemonade stands if Senate Bill 469 makes it through the legislature. Fish are receiving treatment for depression, high blood pressure, and seizures. Thanks to exposure to a Chicago sewage treatment plant, according to a study, these fish are being studied and have traces of seven pharmaceutical drugs inside of them. Drugs end up in drinking water when people medicate and residue passes through their bodies and into sewers. Researchers know the little about the potential effects on fish, but it's about time we put some money into studying this. What does that mean? Wait, so if the, so everybody gets all uh, drugged up on Prozac or on whatever, and then and then through the process of elimination, Tim, it goes into the sewage uh, plant and then out into the. I would think that would all be removed, though. Like when the water when it goes to a water treatment plant, I would think they would somehow like sterilize it or something, or boil it out or whatever it is they do. It's possible, but the fact is, these fish are being treated for depression. And it's our fault. Everything is our fault, Tim. It's all our fault. A biting in Shackley in Connecticut makes world news. A woman handcuffed herself to her sleeping husband in an apparent attempt to resolve an argument. Well, I guess it wasn't resolved. Police ended up breaking into their home and charging her with assault. 
Apparently, this uh, fellow, they were going through a divorce. And then they thought everything was all right. At least he did. He felt good enough to go to sleep in the bed lying next to her. Well, he woke up. He'd been shackled. And the, well, the interesting thing is, see, now we've heard a couple different variations on the story. One says that there was a reconciliation, mm-hmm. but that's apparently not the case because when he talks to the 911 operator, he actually says, we're getting divorced, ah! and then the biting. So, or, or maybe there was reconciliation, but he had second thoughts once he woke up and he had been forcibly restrained with the aid of handcuffs. But he did have one hand free, and he called 911. I divorced her, or tried to leave her, and... whimpering, I think that's when my contempt for him really kicks in, because at that point... Well, he was using every hand possible, well, and he was limited to one. Is that because, I mean, if only he was, uh, if only he was Vishnu, mm-hmm. he'd be able to, uh, you know, to do all, do all of these things uh, simultaneously. But at that point, clearly, it's not like, I guess you can excuse one, like maybe, like, you know, maybe the teeth grazed his arm or something. But when it becomes clear that she's just sort of clamped on, and this guy uh, makes an observation here, he said about the, about the biting, he said... Not that I'm volunteering to show you, uh, but getting one, uh, getting bitten is probably a lot more debilitating than you think. So I understand why getting bitten guy may have uh, not been thinking straight. He says, I even think biting is recommended in self-defense classes because most people's jaws are really strong. Remember what Andy Dufresne says in the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, he says, uh, P.S. I got through this whole email with that a bite me joke, Chris. Uh, well done, sir. Thank you. All right. So... You'll be hearing that soundbite probably uh, eight or nine thousand times. But uh, you heard it here first. That's really, I am. That's a job well done. I mean, just out oh. of the gate, the show was already a success today, just because of that. That's quite something. All right, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Have more news with Tim Riley uh, in just a moment. Let us do this and take caller ten uh, for a shot at Guitar Hero Metallica. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing just great. And what is your name? Uh, it's Matt. All right, Matt. Are you a Metallica slash Guitar Hero enthusiast? Yes. All right. So you are now going to play uh, Metallica trivia, and it's uh, this is only be. This is, I will say that the role of the uh, the role of the fate based dice are in your favor because <laughs> I was all ready to. I, I had some fantastic, really like axe wielding metal lyrics ready for today, and I just uh, I wanted to take a take a day so I could then come back full speed on this tomorrow. So you, sir, must answer the following uh, question correctly. For what film? For what film in 1999 did James Hetfield contribute an uncredited vocal performance, sir? For what 1999 film did James Hetfield contribute an uncredited vocal performance? Oh. Hmm, I I have no idea. You are are really uh, bringing shame on on, on everybody. My whole family. Yes. (laughs) You have anything, sir? Um... Just take a guess. The Crow. The Crow, really? No. That's no, that's nothing. unbelievably wrong. It's hard to imagine how that could be more wrong, actually. I made a fail. That may. Be... Well, I didn't want to be the one to. Is that a cat in the background? 
Yes, it is. Is that your cat? Do you own that cat, or is that a cat of uh, somebody with whom you were having relations, and therefore the cat has to live with you? The second one. All right, that's what I thought. Just wanted to, <laughs> wanted to make sure that we were on the same page as men here, sir. All right, excellent. Thank you, my friend. You're welcome. All right, there you go. Uh, well, you know what? I, the cat wanted him to lose. <laughs> the cat Taking was, the good out of the room. Just like, it, just like it sucks the breath out of a baby, Sarah. Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? Uh, this is Nathan. Hello, Nathan. How are you today? I'm pretty good. All right. Nathan, for what 1999 film did James Hetfield contribute an uncredited vocal performance? You know, I really have no idea either. Um, 1999. And here's the thing is, I know for a fact, just just the demographics of, uh, like, the last two callers, of, just, of people, that, I mean, the fact that, uh, you know, that, that we are here in America in 2009 indicates that everyone has probably seen this film. Pretty popular, then. Yes, it is, sir. Mm. I'll guarantee you. I, I would go so far as to say this. I'd be astounded if you haven't seen this film. You'd be astounded if I haven't seen it. I would be stunned. Wow. Uh, let's see. 1999. Mm. I have no idea. Armageddon. Ah. All right. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. No. that's uh, Astounded. So would you be stunned if I hadn't seen You've it? You've seen it. I've seen it? You've totally seen it. All right. We'll do one more. Uh, I'll go so far as to say this. Uh, not so much a hint, but I will say... Um, that it was an uncredited vocal performance, and Hetfield uh, contributed the vocal, and he actually didn't even acknowledge that it was him until, I think, 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, he did it, and everybody thought it was him, but he wasn't credited. And then he revealed, I think, four or five years later, I think it was in 2005, he revealed that it was his vocal, which he had never publicly confirmed. Because, you know, there's that whole thing about they don't, they're not supposed to do outside projects. That was why, uh, that's why Jason Newstead got kicked out of, or left the band. Because Newstead, who was the bass player uh, at the time, wanted to, he's in that band Echo Brain. And he's like, I want to be an Echo Brain. And Hetfield's like, no! Uh! No, no, it's not. No, I'll write it down. I'm going to write down okay. the answer for Sarah. Hold I on. just guessed on a post-it note. No, it's this. Uh, because, it's right here. Okay. That's totally him in okay. that movie. Uh, yeah, because Jason Newstead wanted to be in this band Echo Brain, and Hetfield's like, "You may not have any outside projects, ah. and you know." And he's, "But I, but I want to express myself, you know, musically." No. And <laughs> okay, but I, I guess I have to quit. Fine. And you know, and then and he rolled on his way. So, and and Newstead brought this example up. He's like, "Why can't I have an outside project, Mr. Hetfield guy, when you sang uh, for this film?" We'll do uh, one more attempt at it here, and then we'll uh, we'll just cut the cord. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? Frank. Hello, Frank. How are you today? I'm all right. For what 1999 film did James Hetfield provide uncredited vocals? I'm going to guess High Fidelity. No, no. It's a good guess, but... Uh, and by good, I mean I mean wrong. Uh, but, you know, yeah. that's, that's its own kind of good. If this were Bizarro World, that would be a good guess. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Now, the answer is... We're never going to get anything given away. <laughs> you know, it's not for lack of trying, by the way. I you know we I did I did caller one I did the second caller I did caller the third I gave it the old college try Sarah I played through I did the work I knew I could do I played the game I knew I could play I gave 110 percent We'll reveal the answer after this It's the Rick Emerson Show.
It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. There you go. James Hetfield performing Little Boy, You're Going to Hell from the Hell. 1999 film South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Uh, uncredited. And it was uncredited because he had this whole you're not allowed to perform outside project when you're a Metallica rule. And if you watch, uh, I think, the uh, some kind of monster director's cut, or there's the bonus features, whatever, there's that whole fight that they had with Newstead about uh, you know having the outside band. And Newstead came right back at him with the South Park thing. So there you go, 1999, uh, South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, featuring James Hetfield. Uh, it, it is my own. And we were doing that for a second. Uh, so, uh, and this is all true. Tomorrow, another shot at Guitar Hero Metallica. Also, Aaron Duran from Geek in the City will be in the uh, studio. Geekinthecity.com's Aaron Duran joining us. Tim Riley will uh, return with more headlines, with more news, with more shenanigans and whatnot. And Tom Foolery tomorrow. We will also uh, have um, Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. So I've just got the Hetfield thing going on in my head. <laughs> Rick Emerson show is produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Terex Dillon for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. It's Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, Dave's in. The webmistress, Bridget from upstairs. CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan. Don't F with me, Reynolds. Executive producer, one Christopher J. Paddock. We do want to thank Cena Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum, as well as Dick Giuliano, Kelly Clark from Lama Week, and Queensryche's Jeff Tate. Uh, I'm Rick Emerson. Smells like the 90s up next with Buzz. It is Thursday, March 26th, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, thank you for listening. Be safe. See you all tomorrow. Bye now.